Good morning, friends. We're back again. It's Wednesday. It's May the 3rd. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's get in the weeds. I am at Joel Pearl. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful success of finances known as Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy Lambert, how are you feeling this morning? I'm in such a great mood. Joel Pearl, I don't know if you saw, but I brought in nearly $300 million of revenue into Fightful. And I assume I'm getting another raise off of this. And it's very exciting times. It's very great. Everything's good. Numbers are up across the board. Ratings are up. Viewership is up. Merchandise sales are up. Record revenue. Everything's good. We're going to announce a merger soon. Everything, Everything's great in the world of Jeremy Lambert, Joel Pearl. That sounds like a wonderful revenue to bring in. Almost 300 million dollars as i do the yeah. dr pinky <laughs> can i can i get some of that absolutely not you know even though we have these record revenues we're definitely not going to we're, we're definitely not going to you know consolidate any any jobs or anything like that what's the term that nick Khan uses it's like it's a uh, oh man because uh, they don't want to say like releasing people because you know that sounds terrible. It's uh, um, it's something redundancies. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that, in the chat exactly, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, yes, we're that's definitely not going to happen. At cost synergies, you know, we're that's, gonna make sure these cost synergies are good. Sorry about that terrible audio. Uh, you know, we're definitely not going to make our our cost synergies. Are, are in line everybody's gonna get raises off of everything so everything's great joel yeah everything is great we're gonna we're gonna have more chats about the wwe financials on friday uh do you want to tell them who will be joining us but, uh, at least uh, as we're working on it yeah joel pearl's not gonna be joining us that's the best part of everything again thanks, thanks for blowing are... my spot jeremy Lambert. <laughs> i was gonna tell people i'm not here on friday and monday but here we are well, I'm going to spoil it right now, as I tend to do with things. That's one of our cost synergies. Joel, I'm finally getting rid of him on Friday. Um, Brandon Thurston will not be the co-host on Friday, but Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics is scheduled to join myself. And I'll go ahead and spoil the, the other co-host on Friday. You see him on this channel probably more than you see me, at least before I started this silly show. Uh, SP3 is going to be the co-host on Friday and Monday because anytime I need anything in this silly world of professional wrestling, I message SP3 and he is always there for me. So he's going to be joining me on Friday and Monday as the co-host. Brandon Thurston is scheduled to join us on Friday to talk WWE uh, financials and things of that matter. That's why we're not going to dive too deep into it today because uh one it just kind of happened like the the financials call just ended a few minutes ago and i've not gotten a chance to like look through everything i've been it, it totally is right 100 uh i've not gotten a chance to like really look through everything i've been covering like the new japan show where there was 500 title changes as well and you know, i was covering the conference call but i haven't gotten the deep dive in it and two Thurston is the most knowledgeable man in the world when it comes to this stuff. So who cares about my opinion on it? Listen to Brandon Thurston because he will have much more insight to it than, than myself. So yes, Brandon's supposed to join us on Friday. SB3 is here on Friday and Monday. Thank God Joel Pearl is going away. 
Yes, I'll be in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I'm trying to have dinner with Bret Hart. I'm trying real hard, but uh, it's hard to get in touch <laughs> with Bret Hart these days. He's he's a, he's a busy man, I hear. So can okay. you just go to his bar? Just show up to his bar and just I'm like, thinking, hey, Bret. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> you should. It's you good should. content. Just uh, get him on record of Barry and Goldberg again, so I can just write a dumb article out of it. It'd be great. Uh, I do plan to do the Impact Post Show tomorrow night on the main channel. So not that people really care, but like. In terms of like my output, I won't be on In the Weeds Monday or yeah, Friday and Monday, but I do plan to do uh, the Impact Post Show on the main channel and I'll be with Kate hopefully on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Because, well, I mean, listen, it's post backlash and people are going to want to talk about uh, what does or doesn't happen. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll all go play Uno with Bret Hart so that we can talk about uh, who's a better Uno player, Bret Hart or CM Punk. Wow, I can't believe, Joel, that, oh, I could still do the Impact post-show, and I can still do my show with Kate, but the show with Jeremy, no, not going to do those two shows. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, we do the show at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'll be in Calgary yeah. where we're two hours behind. I'm not starting the show at 8 a.m. We're going Why? because... I, no, I'm taking care of my kid for the two days that uh, we would normally be doing in the weeds. So I don't think my kid's going to be making appearances on camera and sitting still for two hours. You've seen my child. <laughs> <laughs> you, it will not end well for anybody. Uh, I feel bad. Brandon Thurston trying to talk about WrestleNomics while, while this baby's like pulling at things and just being. Yeah. That's, that's somebody else's bit, Joel. Don't steal that. That's right. Anyway. Uh, so there's, there's that. And, and then also uh, I could do two evening shows two hours earlier than I can this show at 8 a.m. I can do the Impact Post show at effectively 8 p.m. Uh, and then 6 p.m. for Joel and Kate. But no, it's, sorry. it's, it's no. fine. It's fine. You have you have Cresta and, and you have Kate, two people who are infinitely better at this than I am. And I, I see how it is. You know, you'll do the show with the female audience, but but not with me, not the other bearded white guy. No, nope, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I see how it is. Happy belated birthday to Cresta Star, by the way. It was her birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday to her. Happy yes. birthday to our pal, Cher Delaware, as well. We celebrated that on FMC. But, That's great. You know, we like yeah. Cher Delaware. Uh, before we get to these super chats, by the way, I got to I gotta say, um, one thing that Cresta did point out to me, this, and it was on her birthday of all things, she shows me the uh, the WrestleTalk video that Pete, our friend Pete Quinnell, does. And uh, it was about the interview we did with Dave Schilling, where we made a little bit of news. So he went, apparently, he, yeah, yeah. He brought up uh, a lot of people brought it up, including it made it to Fightful Select the uh, the Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar match, or if you want to call it that. Uh, so we got we got apparently shoutouts on a, on a few different platforms, which shows that Jeremy, we're we're doing something right, aren't we? No, absolutely not. Okay. We're, we're definitely. I don't think we're doing anything right. We're we're just getting lucky in a, in a certain situations. Uh, Dave was great though. He he yeah. broke. He had some news with that. I thought the Sonya and Mandy story was uh was really good as well. Yeah, that one. Sean was like, let's post this on Select instead of doing an immediate article on it. I was like, sure, you're the boss. Whatever whatever you want to do. But yeah, I saw that making the rounds. Uh. You know, just link back to our show and stuff. Try to try to give us some some credit here. We're trying to do halfway decent work over here, despite what people may think. I mean, I don't think much of our work. It's just there. Yeah, we just anyway. exist. We're just floating through life existing, Joel. That's right. 
But y'all support us here, and I appreciate that. So let's hit a few super chats. Caden starts us off saying it's been a rough week. Thanks for the distraction, besties. We hope your week gets better, Caden, and that uh, the distraction is plentiful and bountiful for you. Pro wrestling that show podcast. ended a year ago, two oh, years ago, maybe. Okay. No, over a year ago. It's us now. Uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast, a.k.a. CM Punk's best friend, says here's adding to Fightful Revenue. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what? Did it twice. Uh, yeah. Twice on my thing, but it, if I click it, it only comes up once. So uh, something well. Like well, hopefully we still got double paid off of it. Uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast, if you if you did that by accident, let it let us know. I will, or maybe it only did once, and for some reason it showed up twice. But I don't want you to get double charged for anything on that. Uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast rules. Everyone go to the Instagram page, and that's the number one CM Punk source out there. Now I guess he's just going everywhere, and he's uh you know he, he's moved on to just showing up backstage and actually, you know, talking to people. But before that pro wrestling podcast was the top CM Punk source on the internet. I heard that CM Punk is going to show up at MLW, but like he actually showed up at MLW six months ago when they were taping. And now (laughs) it's only airing this coming week. That would look if that actually, if that didn't get out, that's, that's good for MLW because everything gets out when it comes to, to that company. So if they were able to keep that, uh, in secret then good on him that definitely didn't happen because court power would have said something and yes. blasted that all over he would have put out about 15 different pr press pr releases on on that one uh i think i just double press releases releases uh he would have put out yeah 15 press releases of like cm punk shows up backstage cm punk maybe coming to mlw mlw returning star returning Again, terrible grammar on my part, but yeah, th- there would have been a bunch of press releases on. It would have been on, you know, other morning shows that is not ours, and talked about big teasing news and everything. Yeah, so that definitely. Happened. Oh, he would have sent MSL and Microman on like a full court press just talking about punk. Microman just would have been like there, and <laughs> Microman's our biggest job. But let's talk about CM Punk. Huh? <laughs> could could microman be wrestling a former mlw star and a world champion that's what i'm here for ella j my co-host on the run sheet go check us out on the run sheet pod we uh we drop every wednesday i strive to be financial success like jeremy i also strive to be a financial success like jeremy jeremy can i borrow a few dollars no i like i'm not a financial success i just write click headlines that just like this financial success you click it and you try to see what, what it's all about. And then you realize, oh, it's just this dork who actually doesn't do anything and I'm not a financial success at all. This is a clickbait headline that I've put under my name here, Joel. Maybe I'll get multiple articles out of it and you know, really stretch this thing. I'll get multiple headlines out of this. You I'm know what you'll really success at all. You'll just get a bunch of people following you on socials asking you for money. I've already got a bunch of people following me on socials asking for a job because I'm apparently a content director or whatever Sean is called. So there's that. We all want to be Jeremy in one way or another. Nah, you trust me. People, (laughs) people want these problems until they actually get them. That's an Eminem tweet where uh, machine gun Kelly was, you know, going after him and Machine Gun Kelly quickly learned that, yeah, that's not the problem you want. This is not like I'm going to come attack you and end your career. This is you don't actually want to deal with the dumb shit that I have to deal with uh, personally and professionally. And not all of it's dumb, but like it adds up 
to being very dumb. But uh, shout out to, to Haley and Kylie, two of the best. Everyone watched Tag Talk. I, Kylie was on the show. Kylie's undergo having like surgery today. Kylie, what are you doing? Get some sleep. Go go rest. I think, her, I think she said her surgery is like later today or something. Still rest. Don't watch I, this dumb show. Go get well, some rest. We're a good way to like get your your funnies out. We're, we are the laughing gas before you go under, right? I don't. I haven't had dental no, surgery. We'll just put you to sleep. Boring you is what'll happen. That's fine. I haven't had dental surgery since I was like sixth grade. Sixth grade. I had four teeth removed. And then I got oh. braces. This is what we do. I uh, came with another super chat saying, "Happy one year anniversary to me on Overbooked. Happy anniversary. I don't know why you're here. Yeah. What do you do? I like that we get to do this once in a while. Oh, by the way, I got to shout this out. Ryan Lambert saying, Cole's going to drive to Bret Hart's place and see CM Punk driving. In. Oh, that would be great. That's the interview I want. Could you imagine? Awesome. Oh that's, that's the conversation you want to have. You want to be a fly on the wall. I don't even need to be there. Like, I, I just need to be a fly on the wall. I'll just be like, here's my recorder. I'm just going to set it down right here on this table. Okay. I'm just going to click record. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go make myself a drink. I'll be sitting in the back. See you later. Bye. <laughs> and that's it let them do, do you, their thing do you think brett and cm punk play uno oh i hope they do i, I hope they do and i hope that like one of them tries to cheat and the other one calls the other one on it and it just devolves into a conversation it, just, it devolves into an argument until they both say this is the worst thing ever and i hate goldberg at the same time they say it, and then they just hug and they're just like oh you who do you think wins an uno game between bret hart cm punk and ftr a shock says the party new members this is the the new the the party is bret hunk bret hunk uh bret hart cm punk and ftr Uh, we need a stream of them playing uno because it might honestly like i love the party which is woods breeze claudio and cole that's like great entertainment and banter and they have fun with it. Punk, Brett, and FTR might just be, that might be the biggest shoot interview of all time if they're just playing Uno and bullshitting with each other. You imagine the stuff they will say in the middle of an Uno game? <laughs> just like venting when something <laughs> goes wrong for them? Oh my gosh. You you think they could uh, you think they could handle it? You think they could uh, keep their mouth shut or no? You think someone's going to say something? Someone's going to nah, get hot. They, they they're going to get hot at each other. Somebody's going to hit somebody's going to hit them with a plus two. Dax is going to hit the plus two on them, and then Cash is going to hit the plus two on top of that, and then Brett's going to hit the plus two on top of that. So it's plus six to Punk, and he's just going to go off on stuff. Like he's going to get hit with the plus six, and he's going to oh man. Oh, yeah, but plus six, like, yeah, plus six million dollars, which is how much I was making AEW until, you know, these empty headed dumb fucks decided to come after me and take liberties. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's, this is what I need. Cash in the corner just drinking. <laughs> that's a good super chat, Louis. I saw you pull it up. That's, that's uh. good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even a super chat. Just a chat. Jay, Punk can't win because he's the only one who believes he can draw. That's a good one. I like it. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Luis saying Brett going after a plus four or getting a plus four. Y'all are good sports on like that POS Goldberg. 
<laughs> I like that we do this show for moments like this, Jeremy, because uh, we're a morning show. We can do whatever we want. Hey, you know what? Real quick, I just saw this. I want to. I want to comment on it. Um, actually, there's two things. There's there's a, a some some not so great news that I want to talk about and just draw light on it, and then another one which uh, is is really fun and good news. Um, so uh, let's start. Actually, let's start with the with the good stuff, and that's Charlotte Flair is going to be competing in the American Cornhole League's Johnsonville Super Bowl Four. What? When when is this? Uh, May fifth. The event will be held at oh. Miramar Regional Park Amphitheater in Miramar, Florida on May 5th. Okay. I'm not going to promise anything. Uh, one, I probably will write some dumb article about it because Cornhole is the best. Two. Well, there is an article gonna... already about the announcement. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there is. I, okay. I saw that. Um, but I, it's on. It's going to be on ESPN3, and then it's also on ESPN2. It's in South Carolina. If I still lived in North Carolina, I'd probably try to go to this. Um, okay, the winners advance to the finals in South Carolina in August. I wonder if I can make that trip and write that off as a... As, okay, so it's in Florida. All right, for, for the semifinal thing, whatever. So I'm going to see if we can get an ACL cornhole pro on this show next yes. to talk oh about. God. I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to see what I can do, everybody. Can we are going to talk about... Please, please do it on Wednesday. No. I don't oh, want you to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> try and get SV3 on here. He's better than you. So That's I'm going to try to get SV3 on here. Wait a minute. Here's your connection right there. Ella J's dad is legit in a cornhole league. Yes. Did, Ella, do your people... Do, does your do your people know people? Uh, does your dad know people who are competing at this event? Because I would like to get someone who is going to be at this event on our show and to talk about their experience. Dude, Vinny from Jersey Shore is going to be on. See, I have to do it with SB3. You don't watch the Jersey Shore. I don't. And I also don't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't keep up with Real Housewives. Like it, it, WWE is the only thing that I'm really paying attention to in this case. Yeah, so this is why it's got to be SV3 because Vinny is on. I don't know if he watches Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't. This person's name is Food God from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. It sounds awful. Yeah. Is that, I, is that their legit name? Food God? I like, Shaban. Shaban. Oh, I was hoping that was like their actual name. Like, yeah, you'd think so. Oh, apparently he's Russian Jewish. That's nice. Flair and ACL Pro Brett Guy will clash with Vinny and ACL Pro Jeremy Shermerhorn. All right. I'm going <laughs> to I want to see what I can do. I want to see what I can do. Okay, before people start asking cuz I see already people are asking like am I watching the challenge? I'm going to I'm going to peel the curtain back on my watching habits. I mostly watch Twitch and I mostly watch YouTube. I don't have cable. I know I could easily pony up. Actually, my new internet provider could do cable. Anyway, uh, no, mo- most of my most of my stuff is like YouTube content, Twitch content. Sometimes I'll watch stuff, but I don't. I don't watch much reality TV anymore. Uh, there were threads on Facebook ten years ago of me like watching and reviewing movies, but other than that, I just yeah, R- wrestling and then YouTube and Twitch content. I watch people speed run Super Mario sixty four way too much jeremy lambert it's just way too much time watching people play video games you should get a life 
I should. Unfortunately, I have a child, so my life is the child. Uh, I do not watch hot tub Twitch streamers. No, I do not. What if they're speed running? What if they're speed running Mario in the hot tub? Honestly, if they do that, I will watch it and I will respect it. I think that will be great content and it will be geared directly to me and a bunch of perverts. Well, not perverts, (laughs) just people who want to see provocative stuff. You know what? I'm not going to hate on the hot tub Twitch streamers. I've talked about it on this show, I think. Yeah. How they, yeah, where where they do the whole, they they do the long countdowns and it takes forever and it's just a big tease. Yeah, good for them. That's like the new level of burlesque. But anyway, uh, yeah, Charlotte Flair doing this cornhole tournament sounds hilarious and I need to see how that goes. I think that'll be really good. We're going to try to get a cornhole, one of these cornhole players on the show next week, everybody. There you go. Wish me luck. Uh, and then real quick, before we start talking about WWE Draft, I do want to point out uh, Black G's, there is a GoFundMe that's been set up for him. Uh, his real name is Darnell Kittrell. And um, if, you, if you've heard the name Black G's, he's on the NWA. I know a lot of people clown on the NWA, but I got to say, um, Black G's has actually been one of the more entertaining people on NWA and also just a genuinely nice dude, at least from the interactions I've had with him. Um, he's been diagnosed with multiple milioma there is a GoFundMe that was launched. We have an article on Fightful. I'm actually going to drop it in the chat right now for everybody. Um, it has the GoFundMe link. And if you are so inclined um, and you want to donate and, and help Black G's, please consider. Because um, like I said, he, he's he's one of us. He's, he's in that sphere. So uh, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, uh, he is great on NWA. I've, I've never had any like interactions or anything with him, but he is a, a bright spot in the NWA. So best wishes to him. If you can donate to the GoFundMe, please do that because uh, it seems like it's going to be an uphill battle with everything. So best wishes to, to Black G's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, do you want to talk about WWE Draft? It's been, it's, it's done. It's over. Well, real quickly, Hassan... Uh, Hassan says it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Hassan. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Show me your ID. Show me your ID and prove to me that this is your birthday. I'm kidding. Happy birthday. Good stuff. Um, Um, And then, so I I don't know if you've even announced who our guests are, Joel Pearl. No, we started the show with it, didn't I? No. At 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern, it's now 1025. Uh, We're going to have Kenny McIntosh joining us to talk about the big AEW well, maybe I didn't talk about this. Talking about nope. the big AW pre-sale at Wembley Stadium. Uh, they, they did over 36,000 tickets, according to Dave Meltzer, uh, and a huge gate along with it. And Tony Khan, of course, had plenty to say about it. So we'll, we'll talk to Kenny about that, about the, the uh, opportunity and the experience of AEW coming to the UK for the first time. Uh, and then at 11.30, we're going to be joined by DS Shin from Ring the Bells. And we're going to talk about Trinity and... Trinity's Impact debut. DS was there, got the first interview. Uh, I am a little bit jealous, but also I understand why. So DS will join us, talk about Trinity, talking about that. And also uh, DS is trying to get an interview with uh, Alicia Fox. We got we to gotta get that going. So we're going to use some of our non-existent clout to uh, help, help DS get that interview, I'm sure. But uh, if you're here, leave us a thumbs up. That helps us get clout and that helps us feel better about ourselves as we navigate through this day uh, this Wednesday, May the 3rd. Jeremy, the draft is done. The yes. WWE draft has ended. We have winners and losers, and we have free agents aplenty. We have NXT women's tag champions on SmackDown. We have the 
current WWE Women's Tag Team Champions on Monday Night Raw. I'm a little... Uh, I'm not looking forward to the possibility of the NXT Women's Tag Titles becoming leveled up to the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, last night, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire defeated the Casey Squared, as I call them. Caden Chance and... Or Caden Carter, Katana Chance... The the Casey Square. That's why I call them that. Anyway, they defeated them uh, for the to re- to retain those NXT Women's Championships, and uh, they're going to SmackDown with them. So here we go. What do you think of the draft? What do you think is going to go on with these women's tag titles? And I'm sure we have a whole lot more to break down. We kind of talked about the women's tag titles earlier on on Monday, where we we were hoping they would just merge because the the tag divisions weren't quite big enough. And then maybe they introduce a mid-card women's title to NXT. Now it does look like they're just going to bring up the women's tag titles to to SmackDown. So you got the Raw women's tag titles and you got the SmackDown women's tag titles, which is fine in theory because you you have... I I, I like the two... Like a, a representative, a champion on each show because they're not good at booking floating champions. They're they're just they're just not. So I'd rather just have it conduce to okay, here's a set of champions on each show, and that way everything feels of equal importance. The problem with this is they ain't got the tag teams to do this, and they're just throwing together a bunch of tag teams, and they're just trying to make it feel important because it's like, look, they're fighting over these titles, but it doesn't mean anything if you know Natalia has her partner of the week going after these titles every single month. It's it's just not great, but it looks like that's what they're going to do, and maybe they'll figure things out. You know, Triple H is very focused on character development, so maybe he can develop some characters and make sense of these tag team divisions. As far as the the rest of the draft goes, I thought it kind of largely played out how we thought there were some some good changes some some people moving the free agent thing is is weird to me in that why do we have these free agents why weren't they drafted they tried to make sense of it some of it like oh brock negotiated a contract it's fine oh mvp negotiated a contract it's fine the rest of it's like why couldn't you just be drafted did you you are so are you so unimportant that neither of these brands wanted you? And so now you're going to appear for both brands. Is that's what's going on here? I I'm just very confused by the whole free agency thing. So I agree with you. Let's just run down real quick. The free agency, you, you touched on Brock Lesnar, Omos MVP is of course with Omos. Uh, and then the, the other three who did not negotiate free agency are Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler and Van Wagner. So, Von Wagner appeared on a on an NXT vignette this past week. So last literally last night. So I, I don't know what they're doing. If they're trying to build a new character for him to show up on main, who knows? Uh Mustafa Ali, out of the out of these bottom three that we mentioned, Ziggler Ali and Wagner. Ali, I can see being some sort of free agent character in yeah. that he's so frustrated he didn't get drafted and he's positive Ali pissed or something like that it maybe it's the beginning of some sort of heel turn I could be wrong it, oh yeah Zion Quinn's another one I, I'm, I'm looking at an older article uh, Zion Quinn from NXT is another one so the NXT ones the NXT stars it felt like 
we're calling you up. We don't have a place for you yet. Hang tight. We'll let things shake out. And then after, maybe after Battleground, which is at the end of May, that's when they'll have something in place or at least just a general idea of what they want to do with them. But the idea being, hey, you're coming up. We just don't know where you're going to wind up. Um, It's still weird and I don't love it. The Lesnar free agency made sense. It was expected. Um, Almost surprising that they didn't immediately jump into it when they announced the draft pools. I'm willing to bet that they... They, they put the draft pools together and then someone said, wait a minute, Brock's on both shows. Brock doesn't just not go where he wants. Uh, and then they said, oh, right, okay. Well, at least they wrote it out. At least they made it make sense. I'll give them that much. And then the uh, the Omos MVP thing, yeah, they wrote it out. They made it make sense by having MVP negotiate. Omos as like this guy who can go anywhere because he's so big, he's so tall, he's so quote-unquote dominant, even though he doesn't really win much um, or he hasn't he doesn't win the big one. Uh, except for when he faces Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia <laughs> for night number 1000. But I really think that's what I, I really do think, despite some reporting, that's what they're going to go with. And they're going to use the free agency thing as like this big deal. Like I negotiated Omos to be this free agent who deserves the world and he deserves a world championship match in Saudi Arabia. He's going to beat Roman Reigns on night number 1000, yada, yada, yada. And then Roman just, you know, has a really fast match with Omos in Saudi to mark day 1000. That's kind of where I am on the free agents. Ziggler is one of those, like he'll show up wherever and just be there. He'll show up randomly on an episode of raw super kick someone and then say, it should have been me. And then lose because that's typically what happens. with all Ziggler. Yeah. And then he'll loses. go on another comedy tour. Yeah. I, I think that I think Ali the, the character you sort of pitched is more fit for like Ziggler. I think Ali will actually still play it. Maybe it leads to a heel turn, but I think he'll play it more straight of like, I'm so bright. I shine so bright. I'm so positive Ali that I need to be on both brands. Like both brands wanted me and like, I'm here to be positive on both brands type of thing. And Ziggler would play the more like I'm frustrated now I'm going to appear on both brands and just do my own thing. And it should have been me who was number one, whatever it is. So that's, I think that's more of how it plays. Um, could be, could be wrong on that. I, the truth is we've probably just put more thought into that than the WWE has. And they're largely Ziggler is just going to show up and just lose matches, like have fine matches, but lose as a former world heavyweight champion and Ali is going to do some backstage vignettes that like are fun on socials, but then he loses if he ever wrestles. And there's actually not much of a character to, to either of them. The, it, it's just weird. The free agency thing. I don't know what's going on with Von Wagner. Like good luck that guy, buddy Zion Quinn, like sure. I guess um, I'm glad Cameron Grimes got called up. He hadn't been on NXT TV for a while. He's, he's definitely main roster ready as a character and as a wrestler. Uh, so I really like Cameron Grimes. I hope he gets, Oh, we get some good shine on SmackDown. Just throw him in some backstage vignettes with whoever you want to put him in there with. And it's going to be great. Pretty deadly. Another team that is, is probably going to shine on the main roster. So I do look forward to that. Like you had LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, pretty deadly on SmackDown. It's a, it's a fun little eclectic group that can just, fill up some airtime in a good way and make things entertaining. I don't know like their overall plans for any of these, these people, but 
you know, you're just going to, you can be like, Hey, you got two minutes. Here's what we kind of have in mind for you go. It's like, Oh, okay. This is fun. This is good. So uh, those, those are all good call. I'm LA Knight's on a call, but SmackDown, I like what they they've done there. Uh, if I wanted to you know, put on a, a realistic draft hat here, Austin theory goes to SmackDown as the United States champion. He was their first pick on Monday. Why weren't Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn picked in the first round by SmackDown or even Raw? Like if you want to draft Rhea first, then fine. Especially because SmackDown got the Raw Women's Champion, so Raw is thinking, oh, well, let's get the SmackDown Women's Champion. But it's a two-for-one pick. They just headlined WrestleMania. They're the Undisputed Champions. Why wouldn't SmackDown take them first and maybe they want to get owns and zane away from the bloodline and that's why they they didn't go to smackdown but the if, again if i'm putting on a realistic draft hat here then that i didn't quite understand that rollins uh, on raw may, maybe even owns and zane could have been taken over rollins but i know they like uh sort of protecting Rollins in that sense. So So we got a lot going on. So let's, uh, let's, let's break down piece by piece. Um, Going back to Zion Quinn and and Von Wagner, it feels like this is their put up or shut up. And that's why they drafted them up. And they said, listen, you either, either make good or that's it. We're done. You know, we've given you in Wagner's case, I think he's been there for almost eight years, like maybe six. He's been there for a while. He was a guy who was in every single security segment. You could think of Zion Quinn. They haven't really done much with other than level up. They did one main, not main roster. They did one NXT prime segment with him. And I think they sent him to the UK at one point uh, to do a little something. But other than that, they haven't done much. He's, he's got the look. He is the right. He's the right guy for the main roster, you know, image. So we'll see what happens there, but it feels like those are, those are put up or shut up picks uh, on the tag team divisions. I did find it interesting. So on SmackDown, you really only have two big tag teams. You can you can argue that the LWO, that Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro are part of that, but really you've got Street Profits and you've got the Usos. You've got the Good Brothers, but like there isn't much. And now Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, the uh pretty deadly. They're they're yeah, there. They got plenty of teams. There aren't that many teams. There aren't that many established teams. There I'm aren't that many about, teams overall. Yeah, but then you look on the on the raw side of things and you don't have a lot going. You've got Viking Raiders. You've got Mace Mansoor. You've got Indu Share. You've got Carrillo and Garza. You've got you could do Balor and Priest or Priest and Mysterio. You've got the New Day. You've got Zaynos. There's a little more going on on Raw than there is on SmackDown in terms of tag teams. So there's Braun and Ricochet on Raw as well. There's Brawling Brutes on SmackDown as well. Okay, so like, you've got maybe four. You've got four teams. They can throw together some teams. Are are Sammy and Kevin also floating though? Yes. Like I know they were drafted to Raw, but I assume like they're floating as well. Yes. As far as as far as it's understood, they're floating, much like the women's the WWE or at least current the women's WWE tag team champions are. How do we get the belts off of Sammy and Kevin and finally get these things split up again? Because it's got to happen. They go to one show and they put up one set of tag titles. They should no longer be defending the SmackDown tag titles on on Raw or the Raw tag titles on SmackDown. It shouldn't be 
unless it's a major pay-per-view, it shouldn't be undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. So if they go to, uh, what's the next one? Money in the Bank, because they won't be United Champions. If they go to Money in the Bank and they're still undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, then yeah, put both of them on and you're fine. If they go to SmackDown and Random Place X, they're only putting up the SmackDown Championships. And they can lose them. They can lose them to whoever. Someone gets involved and they do a, you know, they do a distraction finish and there you go. They they don't have the SmackDown tag titles anymore. Go to Raw, you defend the tag titles there. I guess. I mean, that probably makes more sense than anything else they're going to do. I don't know if they have any type of like story planned with any of this stuff. I mean, the the ending on Raw was very abrupt. I don't know if they, they missed uh, mistimed some stuff there. They're, they got the six-man match at Backlash. Like, there's still bloodline stuff going on at some point they got to get pulled out of that and you know the rosters are supposed to be set after backlash on saturday so monday's raw is supposed to be the the reset of the rosters and so owns and zane they'll be on raw but then i guess they'll also be on smackdown but the usos bloodline are only going to be on smackdown not on raw as well theoretically that is what we've been told and you know, I, I just assume like the Usos are just going to win these tag titles back. I want LWO to, to get them. And I want Ray and Escobar to get them from, from SmackDown. That's who I want the belts on. And I want an LWO and Bloodline, like an actual feud between these two groups. That's my pitch. Got to make the LWO actually look good and have them win some matches first. Well, that's... That's, that's arbitrary. <laughs> Wins and losses don't matter. Okay. That's true. Shout out they to Carmilla for once putting that out there on uh, on Talking Smack. Uh, they they don't they don't matter. The LWO doesn't need to look good. They just need to. They can lose all these matches and then they win the tag titles and then it's like okay, well they're the champions now. That's all that matters is they're the champions. And then you enter into a feud with the Bloodbot and people forget that they lost three hundred matches leading up to it because they're the champions and now they're feuding with the Bloodbot. So what you could do is uh, you can have a number one uh, number one contendership tournament or at least a number one contendership multi-tag title match. You put the Usos in there. You put the Good Brothers in there. You put Butch and Ridge Holland in there. Put uh, Wild and Toro in there. And then you put in, did I say the Good Brothers? Yeah. And then you put in uh, Pretty Deadly. I'd have Pretty Deadly win just to kind of give them that leg up and have them face Sammy and KO. And have them win. Have Pretty Deadly take the SmackDown Tag Team Championships off of KO and Sammy and start to catapult them because clearly there's something about them that people love. I personally, I I do love Pretty Deadly. I'm annoyed that when they drafted them, they just went to the PC where they're hugging as if nothing ever happened. And it it took them going to their socials and having filmed vignettes of like, I think it was Kit saving elton prince by like doing chest compressions and he spits out a big thing of water and then they hug because they're okay i really wanted them to do smackdown in puerto rico this week they show up they're like covered they're wet from head to toe covered in seaweed and they're like we swam here and then that's how they introduce pretty deadly instead it's no they're fine it's cool it's just tv bro every they they wanted it to be this is where they tried to be two real sports and they're sitting there like it's a draft room, like it's a green room. And it's like, everybody cross your fingers that you get drafted and you get called up 
type of thing. Yeah, in this case, like when it comes to the characters are pretty deadly, this is where you got to lean into the sports entertainment side and you got to do a vignette like that. I thought the whole everybody sitting there in NXT, uh, come on, guys, let's get called out of this brand and finally make it be television stars instead of these Tuesday in the performance center shows that we're doing. I thought the whole thing was a little. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Yeah, well, good for the people who got drafted. Absolutely. Good for the, good for the clap, clap, clap. I still don't understand the logic behind some of it. Like, why aren't you drafting? You can clearly draft champions. Why aren't you drafting the champion of the brand? This is supposed to be the top guy. Why wouldn't you want the top guy on the brand? Some of them, I'll, I'll actually try to make sense of, of a, a few of them here. You know what pick I liked that was like a sneaky reason to do this pick is on Raw when Raw drafted KC squared because SmackDown had drafted uh, fire and Dawn and they knew that match was coming on Tuesday. So for the raw side, you could be like, you know what? Let's take them. They could end up as the champions on two. And then we get those sets of belts too. Like you can logically explain that on why they were taken by raw. It didn't work out, but like, I like, you know, six round pick late round pick, like take a flyer on that. And like, Hey, we might end up, with these titles and I can understand like Cameron Grimes not being used on TV, good upside, take them as a late round pick. But why are you taking, you know, the team that just got thrown into the ocean over the, the world champion? It's a good, it's a good comment. I agree with you there. I do like the, uh, what you just, what you mentioned about Casey square getting drafted after Isla Dawn and Alba Fire got uh, got drafted. It's it is sneaky. And like you put your put your thinking cap on. That's a nice little added twist that you could think on that makes wrestling a little bit more fun. Uh, Cody Wells of the Super Chat asking, "Do you think we get separate sets of tag titles again for Raw and SmackDown, or, or is it separate sets as in oh sets. oh sets yeah. as in yeah yeah sorry we were talking about tag titles at the time. Uh, no, so separate sets as in design sets, entry sets. Um, I don't think so personally." They got, they like the giant board that they can just flash any graphic that they want on yeah. it. Like that's I think we're just going to keep that. Those those big elaborate sets have two things that fail, and that is one they're very expensive to make, only to use once, and two nine times out of ten they look crappy in HD. If you ever went to an old pay per view or an old uh, Raw was fine because it well anyway if you went to an old pay per view and they had a bunch of like set designs and stuff it, it usually looked really corny from like your your point of view from your eyes it looked great on tv because you can mask that stuff camera does a lot of really cool stuff but uh, i don't think we're gonna see separate sets other than like wrestlemania or royal rumble even at the rumble they just do the boards kind of leading out and it's led boards that's kind of just where they go now because you can put everything on the screen like you said it's easy yeah they they love the giant board i feel like wrestlemania is the only the only thing where they gonna have the elaborate set because you know (laughs) everybody wants to get fisted cody yeah that's the only thing where you have the elaborate set because it's wrestlemania uh otherwise it's the big board the big entry ramp i hope they do some fun stuff in like london with money in the bank give me the bus give me give me the big double decker bus up on the set and things like that. Like, I hope they do some fun stuff in Puerto Rico this weekend too. Like, I think they should put a little bit more effort into the these sets and like make it more aesthetically pleasing and more um 
what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, cohesive with the event and the locale, because I I think it's it's a good way to differentiate everything. Because it's just oh, they like to hype up. We're going to Puerto Rico. We're going to London for this. But if you just make the set look the same, then it doesn't feel outside of uh, hey, you're in a big stadium at, at Cardiff, so that's going to feel different. But if you're just in a normal arena in Puerto Rico, and it's just the normal backlash set, it doesn't feel okay. You can throw the Puerto Rican flags on there and everything, but otherwise, there ain't enough to to differentiate this kind of stuff. So I would like more like set piece type type of things. I like that. Bring the uh, that double decker bus. Bring that to Wembley. Bring that for all in. Do that. Do the do the full on like WWE '90s 2000s Raw set when they would go travel abroad. Do that at Wembley. Have have the wrestlers shuttle to the ring in a double decker <laughs> bus. I'm actually very excited to see what that set looks like because AEW. You know, Cody says I miss the AEW old set compared to their their new ones. They used to be very good when it came to like set set pieces and set designs and stuff i remember like beach breaker uh i think they called one of the events batch at the beach uh one of the dynamite events like they did good when it came to like oh here's like an actual beach setup for this and then i remember the one that i went to which was last year uh 2022 january 2022 it was just like here's a uh beach chair and a surfboard and that's like it like it was very just bare bones set design, especially compared to the previous years. I was like, "Oh, this is lame." And like they used to be very good about that. I hope for Wembley they like really lean into again lean into the aesthetic of of the stuff because it makes it it makes it fun. Like I, I maybe the costs are too much and they just can't do it. They don't want to do it, but I I think that it, it's fun for the fans when they see something different and it it helps, it helps differentiate this stuff. It helps it make it more memorable. I'll never forget the swinging hooks for backlash. That's just a yeah. set that lives like rip free in my mind. Cause like yeah. that is such an awesome set. Do you remember they did the, the hooks for backlash 2000 and then they did it again in 2001, but then they just, they attached really crude looking jaws on them as if they were like the little spikes on them. Yeah. I've seen that and be like, that's hokey as hell. Just go with the spikes. You don't need the extras. Yeah. Sometimes not all the ideas are good ideas. The invasion set. That's the one I always think about with the big V in the middle where Lita almost knocked herself out onto it when she walked up the ramp. Uh, there's that. And of course they did the RVD Jeff Hardy spot there. That was really cool. Um, yeah. yeah I, I like that invasion set, for example, but yeah, you're right. Listen, there's something to be said about a really cool set. It's just got to look right for HD. Uh, I saw Cody in the chat mentioned the uh, all in set might look a little bit like uh, the grand slam set. And I could see that, especially with the way they're trying to scale the, uh, the venue. It could be that you have people literally behind the set, watching the entrances kind of like when wwe does the the stadium shows too right when you go to uh when you go to the baseball stadiums they're coming out through the dugout so there are people sitting just behind in the dugout or football stadium same thing so i could see it being like that i'm looking forward to it as a guy who uh, who likes to see the sets yeah the, the king of the ring chair is always fun i remember that uh especially when they did the electric chair in 2001 that was cool yeah that was there awesome was some, 
there was some good stuff, but uh, we'll see. I, I like I like different sets. I like it when we do things a little differently. Uh, in about ten minutes, we're going to have Kenny McIntosh joining us to talk about the aforementioned AEW Wembley show and massive pre-sale. We'll get his thoughts on a set. How about that? We'll ask him what he thinks the set should be. And, uh, and well, the arena, of- the arena is only scaled for forty thousand, so they have plenty of space to do like a giant, elaborate set. It'll be fine. I, I expect is everywhere. The the whole arena should just be the set. Because if you're only filling that thing with forty thousand seats, like you got plenty of room. The 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 seats, the uh, the floor seats, double decker buses. <laughs> Actually, it'd be great if they they just put buses on the floor, and so people just sat in the bus. Yeah, uh, that's actually fantastic. Let's do it. Let's see. Let's see how Kenny feels about that when we see him in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, rounding off our, our our draft talk, was there anyone in particular that kind of stood out to you as this is a great opportunity for them? Um, I will shout out Austin Theory, although this was funny. It felt like when they said Austin Theory is going to SmackDown, it really felt like it was secondary. It was Austin Theory, but really, it's the U.S. Championship that's coming. That's what they really cared about. Um, that being said, I think Austin Theory has the opportunity that Gunter did because he's about to be on a, on a program where Roman Reigns, the top champion, is not. So he could potentially bring a little bit more main event prestige to the U.S. championship. And if it's not him, then someone else who has the U.S. championship, they're going to anchor the show. Uh, was there anyone that really uh, jumped out to you in, in the draft? I think it's a big sink or swim for Austin Theory because of that like he was the the top pick for smackdown on monday like you mentioned he's on the brand with roman reigns who ain't going to be there every single week he might not even show up for months at a time like that man has not been on tv since wrestlemania uh, since the raw after wrestlemania sorry like he he just ain't gonna show up so you need something on smackdown you need someone they got charlotte flair they got bianca belair i imagine they're gonna i don't know how long they're gonna you know, be able to hold off on that program feels like that's probably going to come pretty quickly uh, on television, but on the male side, you got Austin theory and then not uh, AJ styles is there, which is good. Bobby Lashley, but regardless theory is the United States champion right now. That basically becomes the main title on the show with Roman not being there every week. So Theory is going to have to anchor that show, at least to start, until he either proves, A, he can do this, he can carry these segments, he can carry these matches, or he can't do it, and they're like, let's go to AJ because we trust AJ. Let's go to Lashley because we trust Lashley. Let's let's go to Rey Mysterio because we trust him. But whoever they decide, they're going to go to Edge if he wants to make more appearances and everything. I don't think Edge is coming back till the end of the the Maple Leafs playoff run. But whoever they decide to go to in that situation, right now Theory is is going to be the guy because he is the champion. Maybe they put the title on Solo. I do think the Solo and Usos and obviously the Bloodline is still going to be a big part of SmackDown. Heyman's going to be there being the the proctor for Roman via the phone and everything. It ain't like the Bloodline's completely off SmackDown. But when you're just looking at championships, Theory's title becomes the top title. Gunther was very easy because Stoic, Mad is Sacred, have great matches, have good challengers, chop the shit out of people. It works. Theory ain't that kind of in-ring worker. He's more of a, of a promo guy, and he's got to prove he can carry these promo segments 
more than just sort of the the cheap kind of heat stuff that he does because i'm still down on him after the whole cena feud and after cena ran over him on the microphone and after the match which wasn't 100 percent austin theory's fault uh i love me some john cena but that man showed up without the the main event tan and, and then he got laid down for the, the, the three second paleness out there uh that wasn't fully on theory but it didn't make theory it didn't do theory any favors either so he's got a lot to prove kind of anchoring that smackdown brand it does feel to me that austin theory and aj styles is inevitable whether you do it at money in the bank or you do it at SummerSlam. If it happens at SummerSlam, I wouldn't be shocked to see AJ Styles capture the US Championship. At Money in the Bank, I wouldn't be surprised to see both AJ and Austin Theory in the Money in the Bank briefcase match. Uh, That's the other thing, too. What happens to Money in the Bank now? You have two brands. You have three world champions, but really two, let's face it. Uh, what, What is the briefcase? If you're on Raw and you win the briefcase, can you only challenge for the WWE well, in the past, it could, in the past, you could challenge for whichever title you decided to go after. Right. In I, the past. That's why I'm saying like, it, do they change it this year? Do they make it so that if you are on raw, you can only challenge for one. If you're on SmackDown, you can only challenge Roman if you can find him. And then at which point, whoever wins the briefcases from SmackDown and is like, just walking around Pensacola, Florida, just being like, Oh, is he here? Oh, he's not home. All right. I'll come back next week. And then here's, that's how they do it. Here's what they should do for both the men's money in the bank and the women's money in the bank. Money in the bank's what? Like six people, right? Say yeah, six or eight. Sometimes it's yeah. eight. No. All right. Let's 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 make it eight for the sake of this bit. Uh, let's make it eight. Eight men, eight women. You got a red briefcase and you got a blue briefcase. And you grab whichever one you grab. You can only grab one, though. That's the rule. You can only grab one. You get up there. You can't grab both briefcases okay you get one you take your pick on which briefcase you want if you're the first person up there you get your pick of which briefcase you want even if you're on raw if you decide you want the blue briefcase you can get the blue briefcase and then you leave the red briefcase to for whoever is is left of the match after you get your briefcase you exit you go to the penalty box like it's a king of the mountain match and you are you are done and then the the briefcase that is up there for whoever's left, they get to grab that briefcase. Two briefcases, you get the color, you get to sell more briefcases. Do you want the red briefcase? Do you want the blue briefcase to buy? That's my solution. I mean, they used to do the red and blue suitcases when it was a brand specific pay-per-view, right? There was one year where the money in the bank was on Raw. There was one year it was on SmackDown. Baron Corbin had the blue one. John Cena had the red one. So they, they've done it before. It's nothing... Nothing they haven't seen. Now it's just the green and gold one. So yeah. maybe maybe they should bring back the leather one. Remember the leather one that uh what's his face used to carry around? Um <sighs> come on. Come on, Mrs. Protege. Damien's going now. now. Yes. Oh, okay. I had to, I, I was thinking of Aaron Rex. I was thinking of literally every name but Damien Sandow. <laughs> Good for me. He's on the NWA these days. Anyway, uh, or maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't watch NWA. Yeah, Sandow. Thank you, guys. Damien Sandwich. 
<laughs> Damien Sandwich. He got married on NWA television, I'm pretty sure. He did, and it didn't get broken up. I was watching that. It was the live episode they did, and I was like, this is awful. It was something. That <laughs> narrows down an NWA show. You know it's bad when I didn't watch the last pay-per-view. Because uh, normally I do. I got three monitors and I'll just like throw it on one of them and work away on the other. So either way. Uh, Cameron Grimes is a big uh, acquisition potentially for SmackDown. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, he's another guy that I could see him. Him and Austin Theory could have a really fun back and forth talking about the promo off. And then the match would be good too. I don't think Cameron Grimes would win initially. But uh, there's a really fun story to be told there. Do that in Saudi Arabia. Why not? I think Cameron Grimes has a higher upside than uh, than Austin Theory. Where does where does Grimes fit in? Initially, I wanted Grimes with maximum male models. I wanted him to be like the wealthy benefactor for for them. I'm not mad at that. I think Grimes has a. I think he has a lot of potential. Whether or not they they use all of it he's already got like a very established character that you can do a lot with in there whether or not they they actually do any of that with him no idea maximum male models is fine like that sort of like slots into to whatever uh ryan ryan mentions uh corbin which i think that was like a suggestion a while ago when corbin was down on his luck and everything before they entered jbl which that worked um yeah, so I think Corbin Corbin's not fine. Corbin's getting babyface's reaction now, so that's a fun little pairing. I could, I'm I'm not mad at anything like that. I think Grimes has a lot of potential though. Again, great like television character, good wrestler. I think you could do a good chunk, a good bit with him. Whether or not they actually decide to do it, it'll probably do stuff like boobs and and whatnot. Like that's He's- that's probably. They're gonna end up doing uh, them. We're boogs into the moon. Oh my god, that's what it boogs. is. Oh yeah, yeah. We're boogs into the moon, and also I don't even. I, I think it'll be Grimes with Ziggler as a tag. No, it'll be Ziggler coming in and super kicking Grimes and being like, "Your money, it should have been me." And then that's the story. That's the only story I want. There has now. I want Grimes with the bloodline. I want Grimes coming in there, interacting with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's all about that cash, right? I want Grimes. Is Tamina going to join the bloodline now that she's on SmackDown with them? No. Why? She's she's legitimately part of the family. Mm. She should be the bloodline's den mother. I'm so for that. We got to stop. I mean, I just jokingly did it with with Grimes. But that's because, like, they pulled it off well with Sami Zayn. We got to stop adding, like, actual bloodline to the bloodline. Because they seem to have no interest in that. They're they're adding honorary bloodline people, but they got no interest in adding like Tamina or stop it, uh, Tamina or Naomi before she signed with, with Impact. They got no interest in in this stuff, and yeah. I think that I, I think they don't have interest in it because and they got to put a little bit more focus on female story arcs and. That requires some more effort. And I don't know how much effort they want to put into that right now. Looking at the SmackDown women's roster, there's definitely some work to be done. We're going to find out. Lacey Evans is the one that I'm Charlotte. Watching. Charlotte is the SmackDown women's roster. <laughs> when in doubt, Charlotte out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're just waiting. Kenny McDodge is going to be joining us very shortly. To talk about AEW and the Wembley show. He's going to be here any minute. Uh, is there anything else you want to put a bow on the, on the WWE draft talk? 
who should have been drafted from NXT? Not one of the champions. That's an easy one. But who in, in like NXT, either they're they're ready as like a television presence and they have nothing going on in NXT or they have nothing going on on NXT and they've been there forever and they should probably get called up because it's it feels sink or swim for them and they just ain't doing nothing in NXT. Oh, man. People who are... I mean, you can make the argument for Damon Kemp. He's starting something with Eddie Thorpe, though. Former Carl Fredericks. Joe Gacy is one. They're starting... Because they're about to lose the dyad in October. So you can run that all the way to the end. They kind of... Again, they started teasing stuff where uh, after the... Or it was once... Ava, Ava says to Joe Gacy, like, once you do this for them, you should do something for yourself. So they're clearly starting to plant the seeds for the breakup of the dyad from schism, which is fine. And then we need Joe Gacy to, to finally like be that monster heel, not just the creepy weirdo. Um, so he's another one, Malik blade. And um, Oh my God, I'm missing his tag team partner. Inope. Yeah. Yeah, Inope and blade are another one that, that they had a really good run for the summer. Uh, and now they're nowhere to be found. I don't know if there's an injury there. Maybe I'm missing something. But uh, that's a tag team that would have been really well served on on the main roster if they're going to put more towards the main roster. And other than that, Noam Dar's just starting out back in, on main NXT. Um, Tyler Bate is there. Tyler Bate is the name that I wanted to mention because that man's been – and NXT, NXT UK, literally his entire career. And I remember about two decades ago when he had the match with with Pete Dunne and everyone assured all of us that Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate are the next great things in WWE. And Bate is either at the same level or lower. And Pete, uh, at least he's on television as Butch, but he doesn't feel like he's being used to a, a full potential there either but bait was the one i don't think they actually have any like long-term type of plans with this man but he is the one where it's like if he ain't out of nxt at this point where are we going with this stuff it looks like he's going after the north american title and, and wesley and everything which okay but uh what what's going on here with, with tyler bait this man has been in nxt for 13 years now <laughs> I would I would even argue you don't bring up Tyler Bate in the draft. You bring him up when the uh, the season premieres happen. And I use air quotes for that for the audio listener. Uh, by the way, audio listeners, if you're hearing us now, leave us a five-star review here because uh, that's good for us. That gets us up in the ranks, get people talking about our wrestling show. Uh, yeah, so Tyler Bate coming up in the season premiere would make more sense to me because you give him a good ending run. And then have him stand out as someone who's brought up, someone who's signed as a, a new acquisition to Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Ilya Dragunov is another number, or another name, I should say, that's being talked about. Uh, I, I, I'm waiting for something else from Dragunov, and I don't know what it is yet. I really like his work, and I really like where he's going. I want them to continue fleshing out his character, because he kicks ass. He does. Um, but I want to see what's next for him. I want to see in a, in a storyline development and a character development. I want to know what we do next with Ilya Dragunov. And that could be he easily, he could be the next, uh, the next guy to go after uh, Mello. But then you got to turn one of them, which would probably be Ilya. They should have had, I know they unmasked scripts last <laughs> night. Was I was shocked by the way, by the way, 
Did should have had me. Reggie working the main roster and Scripps working NXT. That's what should have happened. I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Never knew, never knew the unmasking would be that uh, hotly contested. All right, you want to you want to introduce our guest now? Uh, so, as people may or may not know, um, AEW is coming to Wembley Stadium in August. They sold thirty six thousand tickets during their pre sale yesterday, according to Tony Khan, for over four million dollars American uh, for the gate. And joining us now from inside the ropes to talk about AEW coming to Wembley. So our pal Kenny McIntosh. Kenny, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Don't... Listen to that beautiful voice Kenny McIntosh has. Thank you. I do just I was because obviously I was on Fightful last night. I do just want to mention again the mattress is because I'm moving house. I'm not <laughs> suddenly homeless. I just want that to be just, you know, put out there. But I thought, you don't I have to explain your aesthetic to us. Yeah, I thought it was a soundproofing thing, like how I, I got a blanket and a painting behind me covering a glass door. I don't Ironic, know it. Ironically, it has made the sound much better. It just <laughs> looks like shit. So that's the, you know, you take what you can. You got to put it in front of you so that it dampens the sound, Kenny. Come on. And the aesthetic maintains in the background. I'm an amateur. I'm an amateur. What can I say? It's okay. There are worse things in the world. But yeah, it's, it's a big week, right? With yeah, AEW. so when... When you let's let's go back to when the announcement was first made and they said they were going to run Wembley. I think it caught everybody off guard because I think most people were expecting Craven Cottage. What did you think when you first heard the announcement and it's oh, Wembley? I was really happy because I think I might be the only person in the world who was sick of hearing the words Craven Cottage because <laughs> it means nothing to me whatsoever. Like it's it's, it's a nice stadium uh, in in England, but like it's not like you know, nobody has like an attachment to Craven Cottage unless you're a Fulham fan. I've got nothing against Fulham, by the way. But um, yeah, when they said Wembley, I was like, "This is great! Like, this is absolutely the if you're going to do this kind of big risk, do it now, do it for the first show." And um, I do love that because I was like really irritated that AEW's first show in the UK was going to be without CM Punk. I was going to be like, "You left us so long that Punk's not here, but it's been so long again that now he's going to be back." By the time they get here. So it's come full circle. And, you know, from the first day pre-sale ticket sales, I mean, I think um, there must be some people who are really mad at how well they've done um, because they've just, you know, if they were to not sell any more tickets, they've done they've done well. Going into this, did you have uh, an idea in your head, knowing how large the venue is, what a successful number might be for AEW? Like just because I know some people were like, oh, it's a 90,000 seat venue. Yeah. So what's what's the success if it's because some people are like oh sell out or bust but I think for, I mean I, I initially I just had this thought that they were going to do between fifty and sixty like that was the number I thought they were going to do but then in my head I was like I think if you get forty it's a big success because I think thirty five even though it is successful I think you, there's still that kind of you could say well it's not even half the stadium it's like how are you because I know some people who go to Wembley for football matches and different things and like. Wembley is somewhere where if it's half full, do you remember that time that TNA ran the Alamo Dome and they ran it in like this part of the Alamo Dome, like the tiniest section? I mean, this, 200 people, brother. The seat map is amazing if you find it on Google. It's fantastic. But, um, but you know, you, you don't want that, right? If you're going to run Wembley, you want it to look major. So, I mean, already the fact they've sold, uh, I, th I think anything over 40 would have been a success. But I think now I would have said they would do 50 to 60. I think they're going to surpass 60. For sure. 
That's my my gut. Um, especially with like when Punk comes back, that'll be another boost. I'm sure they'll bring other people in, which will be more boosts. Then when you see what the card's going to be, um, so yeah, hopefully they keep the momentum going. How much do you think the CM Punk factor is there? Because you know all the people online are online and probably have heard the rumors at this point. And then if they didn't have this punk rumor uh, floating out there, do you think the, the pre-sale would have been maybe a little bit lower? Or was it just AEW's coming to Wembley, coming to Europe? Doesn't really matter. Punk there, not there. We're grabbing tickets. I think you would have got a similar number whether the punk thing was happening or not. I, that's my gut that says that. Only because I think sometimes all of us, because we're you know wrestling is everything. We wake up, it's wrestling. We go to sleep, it's wrestling. But when you speak to people who aren't like us, you know, people who have regular lives, unlike us, they probably just see the poster and go, oh, is AEW coming? There's some people that I know and, and that's it. So I think I think a lot of it's got to do with as well the fact that it's in Wembley. Wembley is obviously with SummerSlam 92, so iconic. And I think just something that's worth noting for people who are not in the UK is that London is so easy to get to from pretty much everywhere in Europe. Like there's a lot of budget airlines that do flights for like sixty pounds or like eighty five dollars and stuff like that. There's there's cheap ways you can get the train from Paris to London or Belgium to London. So I think that that will do them really well because one of the things that I think they would have got, I think WWE would have got more people into Cardiff if Cardiff wasn't as hard to get to. Like, so for me, for example, if I, I'm in Glasgow, right, in Scotland, if I want to go to London, I can either get a one-hour flight or I can get, like, a four-and-a-half-hour train. If I want to go to Cardiff, I need to get on, like, seven hours worth of trains. It's, like, three trains you need to get on. Or you need to fly to, like, a near place if there's a flight left. And it's, like, one little budget airline that does it. So it's harder to do. So I think that the easy accessibility of London will make them continue to have more and more people buying tickets. Um because of how, how, you know, from across Europe. So I think Wembley's a smart choice. Tap into the nostalgia of what people feel about that, you know, that event uh, from 92. So that I'm glad you mentioned the nostalgia. I have a couple of questions. One is um, it's going to be the 100th year of Wembley this year, right? Uh, yeah. Is that something that is actually exciting for people who are in the UK? And also talking about nostalgia, is there any wrestler who may be a free agent that, could bring the numbers up for AEW's All In at Wembley Stadium. I think the Wembley thing, I mean, it does, I guess it does mean something. I don't really watch a lot of football or soccer, so I see me getting the US equivalent word in there. <laughs> okay. Um, There's no but, such thing as soccer. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that some people do care about Wembley 100. Although, did you see, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a poster for 100 years of Wembley, right? And there's, like, all this stuff. And it's like they didn't have anything from SummerSlam 92, which is one of, the, like, the top five biggest events at that stadium. So even in 2023, wrestling's still, you know, the backdoor thing. But anyway, um, the name that I keep thinking about is Goldberg, of who I would... So who think they would bring in because is that who you thought as well? Okay, I've been talking about this for weeks. Let's go. There you go. Yeah, but, but because he the last time he wrestled in, I think he wrestled in WCW. I don't actually know if Goldberg ever wrestled in the UK for WCW. Maybe he did the November two thousand tour. Maybe actually, funny story, right? It's kind of it's it's a tangent, but it works, right? So in the UK, I'm sure you guys have got an equivalent in the US. There's this like TV show 
on the BBC, so like on CBS or something, it's called Watchdog, right? So the idea is it's like consumers who feel like they've been ripped off will go on Watchdog. So like, you know, Jeremy will go on Watchdog because he, you know, paid $2,000 to Expedia to go to Turkey and they took him to Israel. Like whatever it would be, it would be like, you know, you've been messed around and you're going to go on this show and tell your story and whatever. So if you Google it, WCW had promoted a UK tour for March of 2000, right? The Nitro tour. And on the poster were Kevin Nash, Sting and Goldberg, none of whom appeared at the event. None. <laughs> that, was, that was Jeff Jarrett's big show. That was his yeah, tour. <laughs> Which so but so some some customer went on Watchdog on the BBC and were like, I was shafted by WCW because like one of the shows in Manchester, the main event of the Manchester House show was the Mamelukes against Ron and Don Harris. That's an authentic WCW experience right there. <laughs> getting, it really getting is. So, so I don't. I mean, yes. I mean, I should have probably prepped to go, but I don't know if Goldberg has wrestled in the UK. And I he think has. he has. He yes, did the 2000 tour in November. Okay, yeah. so he did that. So he's not wrestled in the UK since November of 2000. So immediately there, you have this sell, right? Of like, it's probably the only chance you're ever going to get to see Goldberg live. Um, you know, he can do a lot of, like, he he he's a big name. People love him. He also can do press for you where he's a big name because also in the UK in the 90s, so if you had cable, right, the basic cable package had TNT, so you could watch Nitro, but you had to pay for like a sports package to get WWF. So a lot of people saw WCW because it was more accessible. Then in 2000, one of the kind of main channels like our ABC Channel 4 got Sunday Night Heat from WWF, so that's how a lot of people were able to watch WWF without paying for this expensive sports package. So a lot of people grew up with WCW uh, and been able to watch it. I think Goldberg's a good hook for longtime fans. And if you're on the fence, then you've got Jericho, you've got Goldberg, you've got Punk, you've got Sting. Um, like, it's a pretty attractive proposition, right? The idea of Punk, Goldberg, and Jericho <laughs> all working the same. The same all like a morning chat show or something. Yeah, exactly. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, put your, your your Tony Khan hat or glasses or anything on here. What are you headlining this show with? Oh, I don't know what I would headline with, but I know what I would make the world title match, if that's a compromise. To me, what you do is you have it be career versus title, Sting versus MJF. That's the match. Because Sting deserves to go out in a high He's had such a good run in AEW. And I think the crowd in the UK would give him the reaction that, that he would want. I think it would mean something. I don't know if that's what you finish with. And then you have Sting take one last bow at the end. Maybe that's what you do. Um, but I think that would be really good. Because also, I saw some people say Goldberg and MJF. And like, look, I've worked with Goldberg before. He is a lovely man. He's a lovely, intense man. But he, I just don't know if he's going to come in to lose to MJF on match number one. I just don't know if he is. If he if he does, maybe it's Goldberg and MJF. But I think that that's one of the matches I would do. And then it's tough. I just don't know if I see like a because it's hard before we see Punk back to kind of see what the landscape looks like with him. I mean, do see him Punk and FTR against the Elite. I, mean, I don't think you'll make make it happen, but you can you can give it a go. You can maybe try and see if you can lure the Bucks into agreeing to do it, but. Um, yeah, I think that maybe is like a double headliner if you could get 
those guys to agree to work together for one match, do it at Wembley, and have MGF against a legend who he can beat, I think that's the way to go. I mean, look, it's a massive venue. It's a massive pitch. You got the, the ring is in the middle. But then if you're going to do that six man you just mentioned, you get an octagon. And you have a no rules match side. PTSD for Punk. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks will be the one to pitch the match. <laughs> but you know, that's the. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But the thing that, that is worrying me slightly is if there has been no. I mean, reconciliation is probably the wrong word because I don't think they were best buds at first. But like, if he's coming back and they are not speaking to him. And they're separating them. Like it seems like a recipe for disaster. So I hope that there's a plan to sort of sit them down and go, You're all paid lots and lots of money. Just do the job. And if you have to be around each other, just, you know, make it work. And if anybody does anything, come to me, tell me, I'll deal with it straight away. You know? The, the Goldberg thing, by the way, always felt like a two match deal to me. It always felt like it was going to be Wardlow and Goldberg teaming up at all in. And then have one of them turn on the other and then do the match it all out in Chicago. Do Goldberg versus Wardlow for the TNT title. That's how, I, that. that's how I would do that. You could do that. I mean, anything. I mean, Wardlow is like... I mean, ice cold is too warm for how Wardlow is right now. I mean, it's the, the, something needs to happen. I mean, and now he's with Arn Anderson. Like, it's fine, but it's not... I'm not excited by it. So, yeah, I mean, if they could find a way to do Wardle and Goldberg and he's willing to put the work in to uh, you know, put Wardlow over, not necessarily needs to be pinned by him straight away, but like, if he's going to work with him and uh, elevate him, then I think it'd be a good fit. It's a shame we can't get Bret Hart to make one appearance, right? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to Calgary on Thursday. I'm going <laughs> tomorrow. I'm trying my best that I could at least meet up with him and try and convince him. So like Tony's got all of these. All, he's got all the money. He's got plans. He can bring you in. Come on, Brett. Let's go. Let's go to from Wembley. What, from what I've heard, he has been locked down so that, that cannot happen in any way, shape, or form by WWE. But maybe, maybe that. Maybe I've heard. I've heard the wrong rumor. I'm not saying it's fact. Don't report it anywhere, Jeremy. <laughs> There's nothing. I'll run this as a clickbait headline. Right. <laughs> If they do, uh, if they do Sting at MJF, does Sting win whether he wants to or not? <laughs> um, no, I think he has to lose. You have to, he has to lose, and then it's like the perfect run. It's like he cut. We he came in to do a cinematic match to kind of get the stank of the WWE run off of him. Then he somehow is miraculously able to wrestle. Then he's doing dives. He's you know he's. I mean, when he did, he's just he's he's felt like such a part of the show. A lot of times when you get older guys to come back, they don't feel it like part of the show. They feel like they come in and do their bit and leave. But, like, you know, we saw him do little chest pumps with Orange Cassidy. We saw him, you know, with CM Punk, with them doing face paint together. Like, I think he's just done a lot of good stuff. And I feel like at the end, if he won, I think you would – it would be like a, a way that you could almost get people to make fun of the end. Whereas I think if he puts him over and then can take that last bow, that to me is the moment. So we had a conversation earlier about the set and what we might see as, as the set for Wembley. What would you like to see? And why is it double-decker buses? No, really. What would, <laughs> what would you like to see for the all-in set? Because this is a massive, massive stadium they're working with. I would love to see a big set. 
I've got to say, AEW has done a lot of really impressive things. Sets do not tend to be one of them. They tend to be very ordinary sets. They tend to be very similar. So I'm going to go in with very low expectations. Um, I think by the, the way the map is, I don't even know if they're going to have an elevated stage or if they're going to have just like a like a runway on the ground, like SummerSlam 92. I know SummerSlam 92 was the other way. But you know what I mean? Just like on the floor. Um yeah, but I mean, look, a double-decker bus, get a taxi out there, a black cab, um, get get the beef, get the beef eaters out again, the the with the big furry hats. Um, I mean, I would just replicate the opening video for SummerSlam '92 with children from today. Find someone <laughs> to tell me that Sting's going to win, whether he wants to or not. Find somebody to just start chanting Wardlow at the camera. Um, can we get an AI Bobby Heenan or something? to do something um but yeah I, I, it would be cool if they did do some nostalgia of SummerSlam even though it's not they're not WWE but um yeah my, my advice with the set would be go in with low expectations so like if you're going on a date you're going this is probably not going to go well but I'm going to go on it and if it's shit I'll have a good story and if it's great then even better <laughs> Kenny thank you for joining us today we appreciate it let everybody know where they can find you at uh, I'm always bad, bad at plugging myself. Um, you can find me on Twitter at KennyMCITR. I retweet everything we do. I've got a website, itrwrestling.com, where we always try and uh, talk about Fightful's lovely reports in a in a backlinked way, in a way that gives them the love that they Thank deserve. Thank you. Much appreciated. Try and avoid covering people who, who shouldn't be sourced. Um, we've also got a magazine, Inside the Ropes magazine. You can get that at the website, insidetheropesmagazine.com. We've got a YouTube channel that's got like quarter of a million subscribers. We do live show clips up there all the time, Zoom interviews that I've done. So yeah, go check that out as well. So thanks for having me on. Though. It's been fun to get hyped for Wembley. Thanks, Thank Kenny. you. This Thank you great. again for joining us. I, I messaged you. I'm sure you were sleeping at the time I sent this message last night. Uh, and then you, you got back to me very quickly and said it worked. And I, again, I appreciate it. Uh, you guys do great work over at Inside the Ropes, except for Alex McCarthy. He's terrible. Uh, but everybody yes. else, fantastic. fantastic. I've been trying to get Alex out for months. It's just I've not found a way yet or a reason. But yeah, it's fine. I'm moving house tomorrow. But I was like, you know, Jeremy, we met. Now, I'm terrible at remembering things. So I'm going to try and see if I get this right. We okay. first met in Baltimore at StarCast yes. 4. Yep. Are you sure? Because Jeremy's also really bad at remembering things. I, yeah, yeah, I'm terrible. No, no, that is that is correct because you hosted – you did the Cody show on mm-hmm. that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you know, I was just very much starting out of, of things and not comfortable at all uh, when it came to, like, interactions and just my job in general. Um, but Sean had said, like, go talk to Kenny. He's great. Introduce, tell him I said hi and everything. I was like, Oh, okay. So after, I think it was before, or after you did the show, I came up to you and I said, hi, it's like, Oh, Sean told me to tell you hi and everything. And then we had a couple of chats then as well. And then we've just kind of talked on and off ever since, but yes, it was Baltimore at a uh, full gear 2019. God. Yeah. We did some, we did some scrums. I think of that. Didn't we? Yeah. we did some like media scrums with people. Yeah. It was a good time. So I'm glad that I can, cause I feel like so much has happened that I keep forgetting stuff. And then, and then I'm also a hypochondriac, so I feel like it's like onset dementia starting. So I need to pull myself back. So this today has been good. I've remembered something correctly. 
where I was, <laughs> what city I was in. It's a win for today. So. Thank you, Kenny. We really, really appreciate you joining us talking about AEW All In Wembley. If you're going to All In Wembley, I assume Kenny is going to be there. Go say hi. Go, go share a pint with him or whatever you know, whatever, whatever you would like to. There you go, pint of water, whatever you would like to. Vodka, enjoy. Kenny. Vodka, not water. Oh, vi- vodka. I, I. That's why I didn't know what you you said. I was like, I don't feel like you're a water person, no. but uh, and I mean, I, like, and I'm like, so this is like, if this is a pint glass, I mean, like this much vodka, <laughs> and then I, I don't mean like a full pint. No, vodka, whole pint. Just, just take it down. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta down. really just. Yeah, enjoy yeah. the show like that. Find <laughs> some vodka. Why not? Do you know I am? Um, I went to last thing I'll say, and I will leave. But like I am, um, I went to Raw Twenty Five in the Manhattan Sorry. Center. Oh and no! I, and I flew Sorry. over, and I'm so excited. I was so buzzed for it. <laughs> and then if if you've seen the show, you know, right? And but the problem was because it was bad, we decided to just get drunk, and we were ordering doubles but for some reason we got it wrong so we'd ordered like two doubles in one glass <laughs> with a red bull and we had two of those each <laughs> so by the end i was just comatose so then a guy came up to me at the end he's on instagram i think i still follow him and he was like kenny really love your stuff inside the ropes um i love you and i was like well, if you love me let's get married and he was like, <laughs> sure and I was like, okay, but I'll only marry you if I can hit you with my commemorative chair. <laughs> so in the lobby, I just hit him with this chair in the back. And then there's a photo. I'll tweet it later. I'll find it. But there's a photo of me. He's. I said, you need to carry. You need to lift me up for a photo. Somebody just takes a photo of him with me in his arms, like <laughs> really happy, just like. Are you legally married to this man, Kenny? I don't think you can just be legally married from just agreeing to it. But if you if you are, I'm married to a lot of fucking people. <laughs> I, that's the that's the rule. Then yeah. I don't know why when I get drunk, when I get really drunk, I want to marry people. You got a you got yeah. a legally binding chair shot contract here, though. That's more than just a, a, a an agreement. There's a chair and I shot still contract. knew I still knew how to do the worked chair shot. That's what I was most proud of. <laughs> So. Well, that's just that's buried in your bones. That's that's muscle is what that <laughs> from is. my zero physical ability. I still know. That. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Kenny. Perfect. Oh, time. thank you, Kenny. Fantastic oh. story to close. Everyone go support Kenny at uh inside the ropes, itrwrestling.com. Big shouts to him. Yeah, I messaged him like very late last night. I was like, Hey, you want to come on? He's like, Yeah, sure. Well, we figured it out. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, your- like He's double fisting, like double, <laughs> no, he's not even double fisting, he's single fisting, like quadruple Red Bull and whatever's. And I'm like, man, that must have put JR out at that show too, because he was <laughs> leaping at the commentary desk. That show just put everybody out. They didn't need anything else added to it. That was just you know a benefit, because that show, I remember the, the heat and backlash from that, where everyone thought Manhattan Center, we're going to get this great show. And it's like they just sat there for... You know, a three-hour show. They basically sat there for two hours of it and did nothing. They they had to bring out the cruiserweights just to do uh, something. They, they had like TJP versus Grand Metal League or some. Ah, oh, they did that. But like thinking about it, the the major things were yeah, Jr. and King falling asleep while watching the show, Undertaker coming out and saying nothing. Uh, they did the FTR, well, the revival and the DX thing in the ring with Finn. And the only other thing was Miz going from show to show. Absolutely wrong. 
what a time. What a what a show that was for Raw 25. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was a good show. That was fun. What? Oh, okay. Well, share. What is funny, Joel? Uh, so, someone sending me the uh, the Roman Reigns opponent potentially for Saudi. Is it Riddick Moss? It should be, but it's not. Unfortunately, no. Oh. He, he'll have to. We'll just have to live for. We'll have to live for another day. Is it Liv Morgan? No, although it would be great. No, we'll just, we'll I to... here's a here's a backstage story for everybody. As uh, we're going to be joined by DSN here very shortly, uh, let's talk about Naomi Trinity and Impact. Uh, her debut that is going to air tonight. <laughs> oh well, why send me some DMs? Nobody DMs me anything. Um, in fairness, in fairness, the sources is, is <laughs> she's like tell them. This was this was she sent me a DM from Slice Wrestling, so clearly it's not or attributed to rules. <laughs> Triple H's handpicked Carrion Cross as a potential upcoming opponent for Roman Reigns, which like I mean, honestly I mean, is very much a potential reality. Like it could yeah. be that Carrion Cross beats Nakamura, and then now they just split Nakamura. He can have his like big raw run after being beat out of SmackDown by Carrion Cross. It, it's entirely possible. It's a bad idea. Uh, let Cross cook for a while, but whatever. <laughs> yes, let Carrie and Cross cook. That is what everybody wants to see. Let's like, get Cross give him cook a cooking show. No, I'm saying literally, give him a cooking show. Him and Otis can do like how to cook various sorts of meats, and it'll get over. I swear to God. Nah, Corbin's got to be in on this. Corbin's the meat he man. Does over yes. There. Corbin, yeah. Otis, and Carrie and Cross. Just what a group. grilling, grilling what with the boys. Group. What Let's a group go. that is. Uh, here's a here, I'll transition to uh, a teriyaki uh, since there is a teriyaki chicken. So we did our interview. Jensen and I did a did an interview with teriyaki last night. That'll air on the spotlight on tomorrow um, on Thursday on the main Fightful channel. And I was pulling up the the overlays and I was posted the the teriyaki overlay and it wasn't like posting for some reason. And so then I clicked another overlay and the one above it was the Riddick Moss with the WWE title. Photoshop. So I clicked that and that popped up on the screen and Teriyaki sees this and it popped them huge. He was a big fan of Riddick Moss winning the WWE title. So if you ever interact with Teriyaki, Joel Pearl, you can let him know that he's, he's one of the, the Mossers out there with you. He, he's ready to go with Riddick Moss as the WWE champion. Teriyaki is a real one, man. He gets it. He knows he's the, he's the guy. Anyway. <sighs> Any moment now, we're going to be joined by uh, DS from Ring the Bell. We're going to talk about Trinity. We're going to talk about Impact. We're going to talk about a whole whack of stuff because uh, DS is working on some really cool stuff when it comes to uh, women's wrestling and some interviews that he's done and wants to do. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. He should be joining us any minute now uh, over here on In the Weeds. Jeremy, Kenny McIntosh makes me want to go to, uh, to Alden because maybe I can marry him and get a green card. <laughs> I was like, Kenny will marry anybody. I don't, I don't know if you're special in that regard, Joel. You, you might actually need to get this legally binding. Um, I know Sean's going to be at all in. I don't, despite being a financial success, I'm a financial success because I sit at my desk all day, not because I travel to these events. I would like to go to this show. I, it's probably just not feasible for me to go to this show unfortunately you should go joel see if jimmy van will expense all of this and you know he's our, i'm sure sean's already getting part of it expense you can expense it too 
as of right now, if I wanted to fly from Toronto to London Heathrow, it is an $1,100 flight. I know that there will be cheaper flights that come up soon. I am also, I think people mostly know how I, uh, how I approach going to wrestling shows, especially in different countries or different provinces, states, whatever. I get my hotel and my, uh, my flight well before I get my ticket for the event. My ticket to the event is literally the last thing I care about because there will always be an open seat. There will always be someone who doesn't make the event, someone who can't go. There's a sudden whatever reason. So you can always find a ticket. What I want to find is the most uh, cost-effective flight and the most cost-effective hotel. Everything else is secondary. Food, I whatever, I'll eat it. When I went to Vegas for, for uh, SummerSlam, I, I had a bunch of 7-Eleven subs because it was near my hotel. This doesn't seem healthy. I didn't say it was healthy. I just said it was cost-effective, Jeremy. You're like Cass. Cass will find two-week-old hot dogs in his car and is like, yeah, I sure. I draw a line, Jeremy. <laughs> Cassidy Haynes is like the line upon which I will not step <laughs> over. I love Cass. We all love Cass, but like Cass does questionable things, man. I can't do that. Cass the very questionable actions, but the man lives his life. Uh, bless him, because he is not afraid to live his life. No, he's not. You, again, yeah, God bless that guy. He, uh, I'm thinking back when when we all had lunch on our last day in town on your wedding week weekend, and we all sat at that uh, that restaurant. And I, I'm trying to remember what he ordered, but like he had stayed up all night essentially to drive SP3 to the airport. Yes. And then here he is like at one in the afternoon hanging out with us and he had not slept. He was just balls to the wall. That is how Cassidy Haynes runs his life. Good and then he was him. probably driving back that day because that's it, it, all he does. He doesn't fly anywhere. He just drives everywhere and doesn't sleep. I don't understand how he does it. That is that is that man. When you talk built different Cassidy Haynes, 100% built different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how I would, uh, that's how I'd want to live if I were him. Just built awful. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Cassidy <laughs> is built awful. Great man. The great Cassidy Haynes. Um, we have uh, DS joining us shortly. Until then, let's let's talk about Trinity in Impact. Let's try to set this up a little bit. Let's. So we saw kind of the highlights from it. Uh, last week when it was Friday night, her debut was taped and then her match was taped on Saturday. And then tonight, the or tomorrow night, sorry, tomorrow night is the, the promo. Like it's her official debut. Impact did not wait of like, hey, watch the television. This is what's going to happen. They went ahead, announced everything. She's going to be there. And they could not they, escape that. <laughs> no, no. They announced it immediately, which I actually like. Like, don't try to act like, you know, this is not a pre-recorded thing and yes. we don't know what's going to happen like lean immediately go into it because the buzz was already there right when it came to to trinity it was already that was the big buzz from the taping so there was no reason to try to a week later try to be like hey who knows what's gonna happen like no just go ahead and be like hey she's gonna be here so i actually like that aspect of it um you were right i don't know if i've, I've credited you for this you were more or less right as far as who her first kind of big opponent is going to be Joel that now we will be kind of spoiling stuff for under siege. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too far into it. We'll see if DS wants to talk about it. And if, if we do, then we'll just give spoiler alert, but uh, the, the, it was the perfect gatekeeper for Trent. Yeah. And I think uh, 
you, you have one of your hottest baby faces incoming in Trinity Fatu, and then I guess she's just going by Trinity. Her handles are Trinity Fatu. Anyway, you go by you have your biggest new baby face Trinity taking on your your number one heel in the company, uh, I, and I think that's perfect. And the way they're setting it up seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. By the way, one of the reasons why I don't want to miss doing the Impact Post Show this week is exactly this. I want to talk about Trinity's debut. I know a lot of people are going to have questions. They're going to want to talk about where she go from here. Um, she just did an interview on Sirius XM. I'm just reading a few notes from it. Uh, it sounds like, you know, she had a really good life altering year and she's just excited to be part of impact. And that's, that's great. Like she's, she put over by the way, Lauren Moran's uh, in, in the design that she made for her new shirt. And I think that's great. I, I don't know if you've seen this new shirt that uh, that Lauren designed for Trinity. It's really good. I did. I didn't realize Lauren had, had designed it, uh, but it is a it is a good shirt. So good on them for for getting that out there. And cool, that's a, a cool thing for for Lauren. Um, yeah, I saw she was on a competing morning show th- today. We couldn't get it, but this competition got it, of course. Uh, I'm gonna have to listen to that once I once we wrap up the show here. But you know, it's good out. She's out there doing media. We talked about it and it, where her first interview and everything would be, and it happened to be uh, with DS, a, a, a Chicago affiliate. And you know, I said like, hey, she should like go to like People or something, go to a mainstream kind of outlet to to talk about this kind of stuff. And you know, NBC Chicago, good affiliate out there to to kind of do your your first interview with, and then hey, look, uh, bust it open. We'll we'll shout them out. They definitely need the publicity from our show. Uh, now, bust it open is the the biggest wrestling morning show out there. So that is a a good another good like first interview. I remember when the uh, Iconics, the, the former Iconics, the the inspiration, that was their first big interview after their WWE release, and they really got into a lot of stuff and. Uh, that, was, that was a really good, good interview. And it's a good, like, Busted Open's a, a good platform to, like, really share your story and, and get things out there. And in a, uh, like, very friendly environment that is wrestling fan-centric as well, because it obviously is a, a wrestling morning show. And it's not, uh, not the most mainstream thing in the world, like a people, but it is, uh, as far as when it comes to wrestling, like, it's tough to find a bigger platform than that. Yeah, exactly. And we, we, we used to shout them out all the time on a show we did called Newsworthy here on, on Overbooked. And uh, we would put over the interviews. And this would have been one of the interviews that we would have put over by the end of this week. There's some really good stuff in here. You know, Trinity mentioned that she wrestled with an injury for a year. She had a shoulder injury. Uh, she got obviously got fixed up over time. And that she was nervous as hell going into this Impact debut. But once she hears the crowd, she's suddenly good to go and excited, as she should be, because uh, the crowd in Chicago were absolutely just bonkers for her they loved it so looking forward to it it's uh i'm gonna go back and and re- watch this interview i'm sure i'm busted open and i'm also going to uh check out uh this debut on thursday not just because i cover it for fightful but because this is a really fun time for wrestling I, someone who was a big newsmaker last year kept her name and of course mercedes Monet played a big part in that as well keeping their names relevant in the space while they were not wrestling and now they are uh this is really good stuff and it's nice to see people succeed in wrestling 
Um, said everyone was welcoming and pleasant in the Impact locker room. Saw familiar faces, felt at ease. She said that she was embraced by Fandango, Heath Slater, Brian Myers, basically everyone she used to work with. <laughs> <laughs> and they made sure that she was okay and they wanted her to feel safe and part of the family. And that's something that I continuously hear about the Impact locker room too, is that everyone is very inviting, very warm and welcoming. It seems like everyone is kind of um, after the same goals for impact wrestling. It's not just a, I'm here for me brother type of uh, scenario. It's, it's, it's an ensemble cast and I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, CM Punk will come in there and maybe she played Uno with uh CM Punk. Do you think they well. were the ones playing Uno? Who do you think Punk was playing in Uno? I'm still worried about who he played. In impact. Who seems like a impact Uno player? What about Sammy Callahan? Sammy Callahan just chilling at the table, playing some Uno. Do you think punk. he plays when he plays the reverse card? He goes thumbs up, thumbs down, and then he plays the card. <laughs> I feel like that's how he would do it. Yeah, you can see that. Uh, Eddie Edwards probably. Oh, Rosemary is a shot. Yeah, Rosemary. Yeah. yeah, like in full probably. gimmick too. There's <laughs> <laughs> some good Uno players out there in in Impact. I think Scott Demore plays a really good game of impact or a good game, of, a good game of impact. He does. I mean, I like his, I like his style. That's Scott Demore. Some say we look alike. <laughs> nah, Demore's too busy to, to just play some Uno and everything. I don't know if we want to get into like CM Punk at, at impact, but the whole thing is. I thought we did on Monday. Did we? Did we talk about CM Punk and Impact? I feel like, I feel like we kind of did. Or maybe oh. Kate and I got into it on Sunday. That's for sure. You do too many shows, Show Pearl. Uh, I do. Oh, Dango and Swingman. Yeah, Ziggy Dice. Oh, those God. are good shouts. Oh, Swingman would be like the Uno goats, dude. Would do you think Punk would get like annoyed at those guys, or those are just old guys popping the boys oh. and stuff? And Punk's all about that. In my head, in my head, Canon Johnny Swinger, Johnny Swingman can do no wrong. Nobody hates the man. He has no no enemies. He's not even like programmed to make enemies. Johnny Swinger is uh, he's just perfect in every way, Daddy. <laughs> Can't tell me otherwise. Uh, fair. I mean, uh, Jimmy, that's... Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. They let him win, or else they're going to book him in a feud with Nick Aldis. <laughs> I think Aldis and Punk were, were playing Uno. Oh my God! What if they were? I don't know if all this is a Uno player. You wonder, I still wonder if he walks around and says, what's going on? What's all this then? (laughs) (laughs) I hate that joke, but I love using it at the right time. Oh my God. You can't tell what kind of killing time until DS shows up. I think it's just running behind. (laughs) Well, we we got, we got a time hit to get out of here in about 18 minutes from now so let's talk about AEW. let's preview okay. AEW. yeah let's talk bit. about tonight's show uh okay. what are we doing here it's almost just like i'm dying uh <laughs> okay let's find it i gotta i gotta find the uh i gotta find the rundown for tonight's show don't you just AEW. know it off the top of your head really Pearl? great show like a, big show huge show tonight like a real professional tonight. we're gonna hear from the elite we're getting roddy strong teaming with adam cole baby <laughs> bandito and orange cassidy against the the jericho appreciation society um did i mention that we're gonna hear from the elite because we're definitely gonna hear from them we got mjf and sammy guevara against 
Darby uh, Allen, Jack yes. Perry, in a four pillars tag match where if That's MJF right. and Sammy Guevara lose, then we have a four way for the AEW World Championship. So expect Sammy Guevara to eat the pin in that match. And then that starts MJF being like, you blew it. And then it becomes a four way for the titles at double or nothing. Uh, yeah, you've got Cassidy Strong. Cole and Bandito taking on the Jericho Appreciation Society. You mentioned that. Just want to shout that out. And then it's de Mayo, which, because there's no Senko de Mayo, except for Rampage, could have done a Senko de Mayo match. Tres de Mayo, Trio's Battle Royale. Who's in this? Oh, my God. It's Max Caster and Billy Gunn taking on Lucha Brothers with, is that Vikingo? Yes, it's Vikingo. Oh, God. And it's Butcher Anthony Blade Bowens and- is in it as well. It's not just Max Caster. I thought I said the acclaim. My bad. Uh, I, I associate scissoring with one man, not two. Uh, yeah, Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian. And who is that? That looks like Tony Nese, Ari Davari. Josh Woods and Ari Davari. QT yeah. Marshall, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Aaron Solo. And the Dark Warrior, oh John Silver, Alex Reynolds. Why are there so many? Why are there so many people? It's a battle it's royal. Fun. you got to get new trios, contenders out of this because House of Black has definitely been on television for a while now and doing good things. Follow-up question. Where the hell is Stu Grayson? It's not Canada, so he's not really being used. You just resigned him. Well, maybe he got it in his deal. He's only working in Canada. Really? Starks and Juice Robinson will be fine. I'm sure it'll be a weird run and finish right that's Someone it that be- has that has a uh, musical save written all over it does it is it going to be action andretti coming back oh that's that a set of starks and andretti versus robinson and jay white remember remember that no it's uh spears jay white's gonna come <laughs> right. out and spears, <laughs> oh, spears oh, poor action andretti he got completely just boned out of that segment he beat chris jericho man what do you want anyway uh and then soraya versus willow nightingale that'll be a fun match i'm actually looking forward to that um soraya doesn't really wrestle much and definitely not on on dynamite so that's gonna be good yeah we'll see what else comes up tonight but uh those are those are the things announced for dynamite. honestly i'm not wh- what's good is that when i'm not looking forward to what's going on on dynamite what's been announced dynamite ends up being really good so yeah we'll see how that goes the uh the, that trio's battle royal might actually be a lot of fun I assume the winners face House of Black. I would assume so. I mean, I don't know what else you're going to do with the the winner here. Um, Who's going to face House of Black? It's going to be Dark Order. Mm, no, it'll probably be. Yeah, to Billy Gun. That's what probably it should be. It uh, probably like the varsity athletes. Honestly, oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> Nobody knows when that happens. It should be. You know who should be in the... Yeah, Vikingo and, and Lucha Bros is, is legitimately who it'll likely be. We just saw like House of Black and Lucha Bros do stuff together. I know Vikingo is a new twist that's not Pac, but we just saw this thing. Like we, But like a little bit something different in there. Um, I Who it should be is... Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh going after the trio's titles. That's, That's who right. should be in this battle royal and who should win it. Well, instead, you're going to get Jarrett and I guess Singh versus FTR for the tag titles. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Whatever gets the titles on Jeff Jarrett. 
It's true. He deserves all the titles. He's doing great work. He's bringing AEW to London. Reward this man. That's true. Remember what we were talking about with Kenny with uh, that turned out to be the Jeff Jarrett WCW title, uh, WCW tour. This is this is him coming back for it. This is him coming back for his spots. Let's do more Jeff Jarrett and AEW. Make it a four That's... pillars, four pillars and a guitar match. <laughs> That's what Tony Khan says every time they're in a booking meeting. He's like, let's just do more Jeff Jarrett. As a Book it. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett needs to do one of those pressers. One of those post paper. He's oh. Well, you know what I told them? I told them that you wouldn't have any, any, any success if you didn't have your athletic greens. And then I also told them, Connie, I mean, Tony, this is what you do with me in the diet. And then it's just, it's, he just does a 15 minute tirade on, on football. He just goes on about Alabama for 15 minutes and nobody knows what's going on. But by the end of it, you're just like, I can see why people like him now. It pops me so much when like he does local interviews too. And they, they bring him on to like talk more about sports than they do. AEW. It's like, Jeff, what'd you think of this Miami game last night? Miami against the bucks. And Jared's breaking him down. He's got the X's and O's on there too. He's like, you know, Miami was doing great on the pick and roll. The bucks should have really hedged when Jimmy Butler was coming off the screen there. Instead, they attempted to blitz him and Butler was able to make the pass out of it to find the guy in the corner. And Jimmy just one Oh one as an ISO player, man, I tell you, he was killing him. It was, he was putting it on drew holiday's head out there the Bucks just didn't have any answer for Jimmy Butler this is a real answer by Jeff Jarrett on a local like Miami radio show after game four of the Bucks in the heat by the way I did not just pull that out of out of my ass uh that was a real answer by Jeff Jarrett this man is he knows everything about everything he's a very smart man and that's why he's gotten himself over for so long it's kind of a problem sometimes that's why he's still making money good money in 2023 for multiple companies over the past year. Yeah. That's what I'm after. I'm after your money. <laughs> Financial success, Jeremy Lambert. Good luck. Good luck, Joe Pearl. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Diaz, but I will say once again, on Friday, SP three is going to be filling in for me. Jeremy's got, uh, got the guy and uh, Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics is going to be with us at one point talking about, WWE financials that'll be on Friday and then Monday who knows maybe we'll get a cornhole AML championship performer what do you call ACL ACL. right like the tendon that you snap um what's AML what was AML like isn't that like bowling is it something about AML came up recently in rest just google AML and that's true the American male league American males, American males, American males, American males, American males. I'm just going to do this for the next nine minutes on our show to kill all the time. American males. Um, I'm surprised. You know who hasn't shown up today? Is uh, is he's got more important things to worry about than eating his eggs on (laughs) air? I wonder if he put a pick on the eggs this week. We'll find (laughs) out. Yeah, the um. ACL. That's what it is. So uh, the American Cornhole League. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be someone who joins us from that on Monday or maybe on Friday when I'm not here. I don't know. Maybe things will go off the rail. Maybe you'll do a three-hour show on Tuesday. Nope. Or on, no? Okay. Uh, no, I, there's a reason I want to keep this show at two hours. I don't want to do longer shows anymore. I do five shows a week, Joel. Five live shows a week. You believe this nonsense that I've worked I, myself into? 
I also do five live shows a week. I think I might do six at this point. Yeah, but no one cares about you. That's fair. That's valid. Yeah. Yeah. So can I, can I get paid though? No. Oh, okay. So what are you most looking forward to on Dynamite then? I'm looking forward to hearing from the elite. What do you think actually goes on from there? <laughs> I, I think they say they are professionals. Look, we're getting Moxley and, and uh, Omega in a, in a cage match next week. She's going to rule. Uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll cut just some, I don't know how good the promo is going to be, but I, I think, you know, Kenny will, will show a lot of fire and it. He'll talk about, you know, the maiming uh, Takeshka and everything. And <laughs> selfishly, I want them to be a little petty and, and pop themselves a little bit with some references to some people. I don't think they will. I think they'll keep it pretty professional, but I'd like to see them work in just some references because we've, you know, on the dark Twitter, we've heard that, uh, you know, like the kind of this elite and Blackpool Combat Club stuff has been referenced very lightly of, of other happenings and, and whatnot. And this might be r- material that has been used elsewhere or thoughts from other people. So I would like to see them be a little petty when it comes to that stuff. They did, you know, they, they, they referenced the bloodline on being the elite. This yes, week. That was very yeah. funny to catch saying, I, and I had to rewind a couple times because unfortunately his English isn't, uh, isn't perfect. But when I heard him say the bloodline, I was like, I was howling. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. So uh, I, I want, I want them to, I look forward to what they, I legitimately do look kind of forward to that promo. Legitimately what I'm looking forward to, uh, Roderick Strong being back in the ring, teaming with Cole, OC, I love Bandito. Match, I don't know. It'll it'll be fine, but seeing Roddy Strong out there will be good again. By the way, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, some of this Trinity busted open interview. Looks like she's doing the interview from a sauna. Like not good wearing, like, as, like a sauna that's not in use because it's just cedar paneling behind her. Good for her. Absolutely. I hope, I hope she owns that sauna and it's all hers. Uh, anyway, I, I look forward to what the elite's going to do. Obviously we're going to move forward with the BCC stuff. I hope. Um, yeah. That's, it's going to be hopefully a good episode of dynamite. That's going to be one that uh, might sneak up on us and be a good time. So who knows? Jeremy, do you think there's any way that Darby and Jack Perry do not win? I mean, yeah, there is, but I don't think that really serves the story because from the get-go, it's been the four of them wanting that title shot. I don't think you can do a one-on-one match and make it as good or as interesting as doing a a four-way. And this is something that AEW doesn't do very often when it comes to their world championship is multi-person matches. So this is something something different. Uh, I think someone had said that they've done it at other double or nothings before where it's been like the multi-man title match. Yeah. Kenny, uh, Kenny pack and, uh, OC. OC. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a tradition, but it's something that it's, uh, it sets up more of a precedent when you do something like this. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, I don't, I don't see a world where they lose or if they do, they're really going to do something weird to get to that four way anyway. But I, I honestly, I think it's Sammy eats the pin and then MJF just yells, you blew it like he's Billy Madison. And we're off to the races. And I think that's funny. And I think that's entertaining. So who knows? It'd be good. Uh, there's nothing else that that really 
makes sense to me in that tag match because Sammy versus MJF. Is- yeah, let's go. But yes, but at the same time, we kind of did that with the, the four-way for the ROH World Championship, right? When they had Jericho and Sammy teasing dissension. And then at the end of the day, they were still Bally Pals. It's all good. So why would you do, why would you tease essentially the same story, but in a one-on-one match? Because Unless you really want to mess with shit and do a finger poke of doom. And then out comes CM Punk and says, oh, no, this is not my AEW. And then that's that. Oh, I guess Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett would challenge for the tag titles now that I think about it. Sorry, that's a totally separate conversation. It's because I went like this and I was thinking, ooh, yeah. And then, yeah. Happy Madison, <laughs> Jacob Freeman. <laughs> and Mike, Mike from Indy also referenced uh, the finger poke of doom. I was going to say, why would you do the same story that they did in ROH? Because every storyline is just an ROH storyline. If we're being honest, there is all no good stories in wrestling. We're just taken from peak ROH. That is how wrestling should be booked anyway, because peak ROH is the best wrestling of all time. What is peak wrestling now? What's peak wrestling now? Now, what is the peak? What is the pinnacle? Not no, the that that group. Not them. <laughs> that group lasted about six months and did about one thing that entire six months. Uh, it's well, the bloodline is cinema, so I don't know if that's peak wrestling because uh, that's not wrestling. That's cinema. I don't know what peak wrestling is, man. Gifts, just gifts. That's what wrestling. Andrew Zarian, our pal, just tweeted, AW Dark and Dark Elevation have ended for the time being. This, in part, has to do with AW signing a new deal for AW Collision to air on Saturdays. Part of the new deal is that AW Wrestling content will exclusively air on WBD. As of today, this does not include Ring of Honor. So uh, there you go. There's a little bit of reporting from the one and only Andrew Zarian. Uh, I'm not shocked to see Dark and Elevation gone for the time being. I think if you're going to do Dark, you should just keep bringing it back to Orlando and make it a special tape a bunch of matches and yada 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 get it on youtube ring of honor they're doing the same thing they're trying to film again at uh orlando but i think they're going to take ring of honor on the road and have them record pre and post dynamite or collision wherever they are i don't love that but also i'm not the one reviewing ring of honor so it's it's more one of those things where i can just sit and watch it and wonder what the next big show ring of honor is building to if any what do you think of this it seemed like that was the direction they were going anyway, because ROH had been taping shows uh, and it basically replaced Dark Dark Elevation at the Dynamite tapings because they were taping ROH before Dynamite and then they were taping Rampage after Dynamite. Now you throw in Collision. My guess, I still think you could technically tape some Dark Dark Elevation matches like before these shows, but okay, so you got Dynamite. I don't know what you're taping beforehand. If you want to tape ROH, maybe you tape like an hour of ROH. There, that would be that would be kind of weird. I'll, I'll go ahead and finish. The last tapings. They taped four. They did. they did last tapings. They did four episodes of Ring of Honor, and then they did Rampage, and then they said stick around for more Ring of Honor. No, no. So here was my my suggestion. I'll, I'm, as I was saying it in my head, I realized it, I don't know how feasible it is. Gotcha. You tape okay. an hour of ROH before Dynamite. You do Dynamite. You tape Rampage because Rampage is probably going to be taped a thousand percent of the time now. And then um, for Collision, you tape an hour of ROH there 
and then collision and like another hour of ROH. I, I don't know, but then you got two different venues when it comes to ROH. That's why it doesn't make sense in my head. I'm just trying to figure out what you're taping. Like rampage is definitely going to be taped after dynamite because that, that'll air on Friday, the rest of the taping schedule. I don't know what you're taping before dynamite. If you're just going to tape random dark matches for reasons, content reasons. And then when you're taping ROH again for you're actually airing those matches, but when are they going to end up showing them? Yes. Sorry. I'm getting back to, uh, Getting back to DS, they thought it was Central Time. This is the it's time the zone thing again. The time zones thing, always, always with time zones. I'm saying we're still live. If you want to join us now, yes. If DS wants to come on, we'll extend our show. Absolutely, for DS, we'll we'll do that. It's a good conversation to have. Uh, we'll see. So we'll see what DS says, and then uh, we'll we'll decide from there. Uh, but yes, there we go. Uh, is Collision going to be live? Yes, it's it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a live Saturday show. Um, although the Calgary taping, they came out and said it's a house rules show. And uh, that's not a taping at that point. That's just a house rules show. But isn't the Calgary supposed to be the finals of the, the, the Owen? The Calgary show is the finals of the Owen. That's what I understood from Tony's announcement last week. That was, we, I, maybe, I think the Calgary show may have just been initially announced as that because, Hey, we don't want to spoil that. We have a television taping here and then it becomes that's kind of where i'm at it as well is that they just had a mock-up of a house rules promo and yeah. then they're just going to change it when they announce collision after the upfronts yeah so if anything it'll just be like oh why should i go to this when they announce the tv show it'll be like oh guess what all in da, 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 da. and also that's uh, in conjunction with the calgary uh stampede which is that week so that's going to be a big a big event potentially for aw because there's a lot of tourism in calgary at that time of year um, which is why I'm going now and not then. <laughs> Calgary Stampede is when everyone shows up with their cowboy hats for the uh, for the time. I don't have a cowboy hat. Why don't. don't you have a cowboy hat, Joel? Do I look like Brock Lesnar to you? Do I look like I, ha- I have the duster, but I'm not Brock or Texas Ranger? Go get one. I should. There's a store yeah. up the street. I can grab one and go to Stetson. If anyone wants go. to fund my Stetson, go ahead and drop Super Chat before we get out of here. How about that? Go go get yourself a cowboy hat, okay? Will you pay for it? No, absolutely. Well, then why are we here? I ask myself that question every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern right here on Fightful Overbooked. I think we've vamped sufficiently. I haven't heard back from DS yet. (laughs) Jeremy, shall we get out of here? We can try for DS another day. Oh, actually, I'm going to shut my mouth because look who's here. (laughs) <laughs> no this is great let's jump in from uh from ring the bell we've got ds hey ds how are you hi hi i'm so sorry wow i had a amateur move i thought <laughs> i thought of central time but this is eastern time totally okay uh we had you, the same thing happen with uh with phil Lindsay a couple of weeks ago oh this, this has happened i swear like once a week at this point, this happened uh, on my other show where Jack, Jack cartwheel thought it was uh, West coast time. And it was Eastern time. Yeah. It seems to just always, no, happen. it happens to me How are you, all the time. Cause I, I'm good. Cause I ask wrestlers like, where do you live? Because of the time zone, not because I'm being, <laughs> <TV>. so, um, <laughs> but I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so sorry again. Oh, you're good. Um, I mean, let's jump right into it. 
you were in the building. You got to see Trinity's Impact Wrestling debut. And on top of that, you had the first interview, the first conversation with her. Uh, talk to us first about being in the venue for that for, for Trinity's debut and, uh, and, and then also giving a chat with her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been to Impact Show in that specific venue for multiple times, I guess. So it's, I would say, you know, especially if you are more used to, you know, WWE or AEW arena, it's not like the clips and clams of those arenas. But there's some charm to it. There's definitely, you could, you could see everyone's faces. So I had like a little bit of worries too, because, you know, Naomi or Trinity has been so used to that big arena feeling. Um, but when she came out it came out of nowhere i mean of course the rumors were there but like that segment happened out of nowhere and people were just losing their mind it was chills um and that neon the dancing the sound the song was so good it was it was amazing i got chills just thinking about it too it, it was awesome as, as we knew she was a major surprise and the rumors were out there uh what do right. you expect from her in impact you saw her first match uh but like moving forward what do we expect from trinity in impact i mean i think she's going straight to the title it seems like uh, i mean i guess the first pay-per-view match that's planned is with giselle shaw which will be amazing i think giselle shaw doesn't get enough credit because she's so good um I, people get blinded by the whole um quintessential diva nickname but she is such a great wrestler so that match is going to be absolutely amazing that that will be divalicious <laughs> and actually now that i think about it it's a great booking to bring in all the diva stands diva fans into this impact wrestling which is such a good idea um but i think right after that she will go straight to diana or jordan grace i think that will be amazing and as you you'll probably you will see in a couple weeks the match with kylan king obviously a great worker to have that first match with match was amazing she she brought a lot of the familiar but kind of elevated version she seems comfortable in there she's been working for it um so i'm very excited for her what she can do in ring without the limits as she said it in the promo um but i think it's gonna be great also she's bringing eyeballs into impact wrestling as they should knockouts division one of the greatest women's division right now have so many great characters they got consistent storytelling so it's gonna be great i'm so excited yeah you mentioned the uh, giselle shaw match that's more than likely going down at under siege uh, in london ontario that will be a great match and for those who are i think fewer people are sleeping on giselle shaw now uh because they've seen how much she has done in this amount of yeah. time and impact uh and, and also just the um just the passion that she has for it. now that it's like she told me in an interview once like now that it's my full-time job i put more into this and you can see that with the work that she's done so her and trinity can absolutely light it up and i think you can make a good point like the diva stands will eat it up because uh you know the, the quintessential <laughs> diva is absolutely something that giselle runs with so looking forward to that uh with trinity Going back, you had that first interview. Was there anything that she said that maybe caught you by surprise or that kind of put a big smile mm -hmm. on your face? What, tell me about the interview. I think, well, I guess something that I noticed outside of wrestling, so before it was started filming, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't share it, maybe I should. But she just seemed so uh, down to earth and she was just willing to do, willing to work, uh, willing to promote Impact Wrestling. I saw her interact with a couple of the other um, 
impact wrestlers and the impacts you know behind the scenes people like pr um and she was like you know i'll do anything um, i'm here i'm your family so she is so excited for this next journey and she's just a, such a nice person but she was just talking about how like she is so excited it seems like she definitely had a um and she talked about this in an interview she had a long time to kind of figure out what's going to happen because she's been in wwe for so long and she's been in that system and i think for a lot of the fans too that was like the big uh i guess concern worries because mercedes she has been in the indie scene before but naomi she is like wwe wwe talent so um I think she's very, very excited. She's humble. She's ready to work with everyone. That's just good vibes from from her. That's all you say about the the vibes because it does seem like she came in with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Impact, you know, not maybe not everybody's first choice. It doesn't seem everybody. Anytime somebody leaves WWE, it's like, okay, when are you showing up in AEW type of thing? When are you go or now New Japan? It's like, hey, let's go to Impact. And I feel like you make that decision because you're really looking to put your name on something else and really build a brand elsewhere and show everybody what you can do. Um, is that the feeling you, you yeah. kind of get from Trinity when it comes to this? That's actually a great question. Cause I asked her that too. Cause I kind of see it as parallel as parallel as Mercedes, where she went to Japan to bring eyeballs to stardom, Joshi wrestling. So I figured that that's what her mind is at, but I kind of have different feelings. She just genuinely seems uh, excited to work with them instead of like, oh, I'm I'm coming here to elevate this. You know that I don't think that was where her head is at. She's just so appreciative of this Impact family who's willing to work with her, and she's just excited to wrestle anyone in that amazing division again. So I don't know. The vibe I got is that she's just ready for this next chapter. She's not coming here as like I am the total diva star i'm here to elevate she's just like i'm excited to wrestle that's the vibe i got let's uh let's shift focus for a second i gotta ask alicia fox is it happening yeah. are, we doing, are, we doing it? are we doing the interview with foxy because i know people are talking about it i know you'll be there are we doing it Come i'll on. be there uh you know i with the thing with thing with interviews <laughs> until it happens I don't know like if it's gonna happen or not. Like even like Soraya interviewed, that was supposed to happen during Mania weekend, but she got sick. So just you never know. But it's I'll just say it's going in a positive direction. <laughs> I love to hear it. <laughs> so she tagged you in the, yeah. the, the Instagram. That's that's how I saw it. Uh yeah. yeah. And then and it, the... I she did, and I and, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I've been like messaging her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my dream interview uh, but i think she finally saw them <laughs> so yeah uh excited to excited to get that interview going but that it, event in general though i'm really excited about there's melina coming there um caitlin's gonna be there i mean i did interview caitlin too but i'm so excited iconics i meeting them for the first time no interview there but uh excited i'm excited we're, we're going to put it, it's going to happen. Uh, the, the Alicia Fox yes. interview is going to happen. What, as an Alicia <laughs> Fox fan and soon to be interviewer of Alicia Fox, what do you, what do you make of her potential post WWE run? What, what can fans sort of expect from her? Oh my God. I have no idea. I, I, have, I honestly have no idea. It seems like uh, she's going by Vix. 
that's her new kind of um the name for herself uh i think she wants to make a return so we'll see i think she's been liking a lot of the tweets with impact wrestling that sounds like a great idea so and also i think a lot of people forget alicia fox when she i don't know if you guys remember this is like back in 20 like 2008 2009 like people were singing praises of alicia fox in wwe in tna like people were obsessed with her now obviously the career didn't exactly pan out as a lot of people hoped but i think there's tremendous potential there and she's still she's still very young she's like um because she she started out her career so young so i think there's a lot of potential there honestly i could see it happening (laughs) (laughs) and 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 honestly so if trinity's run and impact goes well that is a big door open for other people who may see themselves um i know a lot of people have used the term rehabbing their career with impact but i mean that truly has become a stop for people to find better creative, better character developments, better in-ring work, because some of the best, in, in the case of the Knockouts division, some of the best women are wrestling in Impact Wrestling. Um, that That is absolutely a spot where you could see someone like uh, the, the now former Alicia Fox show up. Uh, and again, if if Trinity has a successful run, which by all accounts, it's, it's all on the table for her to do, uh, that could be a spot for her to land and for others to land. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Talkouts Division is so underrated. It's just, it is great. They just need, there's a couple things I want from um, Impact Wrestling to just elevate it, like production-wise, because I'm a, I'm a production person. <laughs> but their wrestling, their storytelling, uh, their storyline is so good, so consistent. And their characters all evolve through, like, like a very consistent storyline. Of course, they have amazing women back there to support all these ladies, Gail Kim, Christy Hemmings that back there. So it is such a promising division. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really hoping that Trinity will take it to the next level, how, just like how Mercedes brought so many more eyes, including me, to Stardom and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Awesome. Uh, our pal SP3 says DS Rocks, his interviews and Ring the Bell content, always so unique. I love the that's Alicia Fox right there, but dinging him, getting the interview. Uh, I love when you go through the careers with the, the knockouts, the divas, whoever you interview and you count down the top moments. And then they always give little fun, little anecdotes when you do that, which is always great. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of (laughs) the top five (laughs) format that I came up with. This, it, it came out of necessity because I usually first, I, I usually grab them from like convention circles. And I was like, you got to count down top five. You can't leave until you're done with the top five. <laughs> so it kind of came out of necessity, but I think it's, it's great. A very important question. Do you play Uno? Because that was apparently all the rage at the impact taping. So were you backstage playing Uno with anybody? I wish. I wish <laughs> I was playing Uno with everyone. I mean, I am personally more of a fan of the... AJ, <laughs> AJ Mendez, uh, than the husband. So um, if AJ was there, I would definitely break the door and didn't play Uno there. Uh, as we start to wrap up, you have an interview coming up with Lena Yada. What? Yes. What, I, mean, yeah, I mean, really, like, I, and I, I ask this respectfully, like, why and what should people look forward to in that conversation? Or at least what are you hoping that you can get from, from that conversation with her? 
That's a great question. I, I mean, I just I think there have been some requests for um, interviews with some of the forgotten divas for a while. Like Joey Giovanni interview recently did so well that got over like eighty thousand views. Um, people are just really interested to know like where these uh what what experience they did they have back then and what are they up to now uh, and i think that's what ring the bell like uh, what we're serving obviously we're celebrating people's career that are like killing it but also the forgotten divas that you know made us fall in love with wwe women's wrestling so lena yada i've been I, I'm still kind of preparing the interview. I'm not sure. There's not much known. <laughs> uh, she hasn't done a lot of interviews. So this will be more of a... Because some interviews I prepare and I kind of know the direction where it's going or direction I want to take it. But this will be an interesting one. I have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It's something completely different. I, I do want to ask yeah. one, one last question. You famously interviewed Tony Khan for, for NBC yes. Chicago. Were you truly hoping you were getting Tony Storm on that day? Yes. When he walked in, I knew that Tony Khan would be coming. But that day, they were like, Tony Khan's coming. And I'm like, wait, what? So I did know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like figure it out the moment he walked in. But it was that day that I was like, wait. <laughs> Like we're getting you the top Tony in AEW. It's like, yeah, women's champion Tony Storm. Let's go! And then, oh, right. it's just Tony Khan. Boo! Yeah, it was Tony. fun though. He <laughs> Tony Khan is such a character, um, and he just like was chilling there for like three hours. Dude. I don't know why, um, but so it was interesting to hate just chilling with Tony Khan. <laughs> That's yes, amazing. thank you. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you at, where they can support you at. Yeah, so please, if you love women's wrestling, please join me at Ring the Bell on YouTube. That's, I'm sorry, I, we're going, we're like inching closer to 90K, hopefully 100K. So please meet us there. There will be a lot of more interviews coming, uh, which I'm very excited about. And then you can find me on Twitter, Ring the Bell DS. There you go. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, doing great work with the interviews, original content, uh, and very original interviews too. Like always great, just stories, anecdotes, newsworthy stuff uh, in those interviews. So I appreciate the stuff that, that you do because it keeps me, you know, supplied with content and articles out there and all the clickbait headlines that I do. So I appreciate all the interviews that you do. <laughs> thank, thank you, you DS. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we appreciate thank you so it. All right. Take care. There you go, DS from Ring the Bell. What a, that was good stuff. I'm glad we got him in. I'm glad we got him at the end of the day. Um, yeah, just a really good, fun interview. Uh, go check out Ring the Bell. Go check out Kenny McIntosh and, and Inside the Ropes. Uh, really, really fun day. Jeremy, we went over, because that's just what we do sometimes. Let's plug our stuff. Get on out of here. Go ahead. Uh, watch everything on this channel on FightfulOverbooked.com. Yes. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to our podcast feeds. Go to Fightful.com. Sign up to FIFLSelect.com. That's all I got. There you go. I don't have anything to add, so I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-A-R-L. I will not be here on Friday or Monday, but instead, Jeremy will have some special guests, including the one and only SB3. So come and hang out with them on In the Weeds. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, be on the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>